Magic Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Yeah, no doubt about it. I hit record. Yeah, no, that would be so much fun. Yeah. Um, yes, <laughs> up in John Dean Kelly, Kelly's Tower on Mushrooms with Scott Michael Stenwick. That would be fun. Bro, please. No. Yeah um yeah you know but there's something to sober podcasting such as we're doing now as well there's something to be said of that uh, i like both. oh yes. i just i just don't see myself as a as a one note player you know there's there's people who of course every song they write is the same three chords oh wait that's called pop music right um <laughs> well it's not necessarily exactly. the same three chords right i can well, i can basically. say i can well okay but I, i'm talking to you so um it, it's more it would be more accurate to say it's the same three numbers oh yeah yeah exactly like same pro- one progression type one one what 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 would it be what's pop usually one three five or one four five usually one four five yeah, yeah that's, one, the, four, that's five. the big pop one yeah you know it's interesting in in irish music in like you know tomorrow's saint patty's day right so day um it's it's really easy especially like with most most folk music there's conventions so in irish music for example um pretty much everything is is um if it's if it's in if it's in a major key it's almost always one four five or one five four almost without exception almost without exception um and if it's in a minor key again almost without exception it's one seven interesting yeah oh yeah no that makes sense yeah. uh I've, I've noticed a lot of those uh celtic folksy songs stay on the one for a long time and then you'll like drop to the seven like on like the fourth measure or whatever yeah yeah so like yes yeah, like that that the, like um yeah like you know you got that's all the d that's all e minor e minor e minor e minor e minor e minor d minor e minor e minor e minor e minor d d d d d d d d d e minor e minor e minor e minor e minor d d d d d and so and that's the same it would be the same if it's a a tune in b minor it would be b minor b minor then to to uh to a one seven yes of course yeah we're talking with the, stuff. with the fabulous musician here can i say your name yeah say it dude. Char- Char- charles hadley hello charles 
How are you? Hey, buddy. I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? Good. I'm I'm great. I'm grand. Enjoying enjoying the last year, staring at the wall. Yes. Indeed, sir. Practicing Indeed. zazen. Zazen. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. I cannot picture anything better. Right. Right. And and you're in. Uh, wait. Wait. Let me get it. Louisiana. No. <laughs> no. Not quite, buddy. I know it's not Arkansas. Louisiana. Oh fuck! It's one of those hillbilly places. It is one of the hillbilly places. I, I nailed it. I nailed it. Okay, that's <laughs> boom, spot <laughs> on, dude. That's good. no question. Yeah, I'm in southern Alabama, my man. Alabama, son. Alabama. 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 I heard there's a sweet home there. There is a sweet home there. Yes, we're reminded every point four seconds on the radio and public, every live show. Yes, there is a sweet home here. <laughs> oh yeah but hey uh you know who who you can't you can't argue with the great uh you know leonard skinnard no it's very hard to in fact yeah. leonard skinnard is actually like the band that got me into rock music like my guitar teacher loves oh, awesome. skinnard and he taught me like every skinnard song and that that just took me into another realm of music man so i got nothing but respect for skinnard on the real yeah simple man's one of my my go-to staples i always like to sing the uh i don't like especially if i was if i was at a friend's show and they saw me in the crowd they'd bring me up and then we'd do like that or something and i would always you know the first part is uh sort of a lower register and you know if if my voice was rough or if i was just like chilled out and not warmed up or if i wanted to mess with the audience you know you started off pretty shaky you know like mama yes. told me when I was yes. sing from your head, from your mouth a little show. But then as assuming you can do it, then when you hit the when you hit the thing, that's when you blast off. Right. And then yeah, the chorus. And like so, like so many times you can see the audience. I can see like the wave of people in front of me just like, oh, okay. We're we're special. This is this is a guest, but how special is this guest? But then you get to the simple man, be a simple man. Then you if you nail then you nail it like you know you can. And fucking everyone stops drinking and just locks into the stage for the next seven to 15 minutes because let's face it you may as well give everyone in the band a solo for that song <laughs> oh yes no right? doubt about it i always especially yes. love making the bass player solo because they're usually they always look at me i'm like and then take it bass you know and they always look at me like dude my band never gives me a solo it's like yeah they always forget the bassist <laughs> we're, we're bass inclusive here in these parts we stand bassist we'll give them a solo here and there especially in simple man it's nice to make people solo too sometimes uh like like even if they if they haven't like really you know nailed it oh, or yeah like if they haven't gone crazy if they haven't fucked it hard then just like keep just give them another 16 or 32 bars like don't don't go back to the mic and then the whole band's like shit we gotta loop this shit and the bass is like oh damn I, that wasn't enough you're like no man you stare at them you're like you know what i want you know what i want until they really like <laughs> slap some shit out of it yes yeah you Amen, gotta, dude. You got to milk that stuff. That was one thing that actually really impressed me about Bruno Mars. Um, I always, I, I think he's amazing. I think Bruno Mars is amazing on every level. He's like again the, the new Michael Jackson, and uh, you know it's hard to, it's hard to uh, not find the genius in his music and his dancing and his presentation. But then I wasn't <laughs> sure about one thing, and I heard from someone who went to a live show because uh, you know we don't get live music in Canada. It, you know, it's just a. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I heard someone say that they, they that he takes most of his songs, his three minute pop songs, and turns them into like fifteen minute like 
masterpieces of, of polyrhythmic glory, uh, you know, mashup, you know, uh, mashing things up and all the kinds of stuff. Uh, what's, what's the other form of, what's not a mashup? Uh, medley, medley's mashup. And that, that, that was what I wanted to hear. When I heard he did that, I was like, good. He's, he's nailing it on every level. Because if he was just playing his songs by rote, like they are on the album, and like, you know, three minutes and 30 seconds or five minutes, you know, that's, you don't want that at a live show. You want, you you want don't. three minute sh- songs to be seven, 10, 15 minutes. Yep. So yes, you your, definitely do. I was on your podcast, Music of the Spheres, which was yes. fun. Uh, I know you're not super active with it, but it's out there in the universe and you could do it every once in a while, I'm sure. Um, is, that, is that what's going on with it? Yeah, um, it's pretty much, uh, it's kind of went on the back burner as like sort of a hobby just because there's not many, many people like, you know, knocking at the door trying to have like a conversation about occult stuff that super hardcore overlaps with music. Usually it's like I found it, it usually goes like one way or the other, like I usually get like a really hardcore music fan or a really hardcore occult fan. It's not as easy as it might seem to keep, keep everything, uh, keep that overlap going. So um I've kind of moved things to my YouTube channel and I'm going to start just doing kind of like discussion form things on there and sort of do like uh, videos and have guests on that way. And I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to pin myself down to any specific, I'm sure there's going to be like a lot of occult talks on there, probably more occult than anything, just more esoteric shit. You need um, a co-host who's a musician and an occultist who will like bring, like if you had Jimmy Page as your co-host, you would have a big podcast. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. Did you check yeah, out me, Robert Plant's podcast? I didn't. No. Did oh. you tell me about it last time we? No, I, I, we I, I. No, I. I think I checked it out when it first dropped. Like uh, I would think I was in Berlin when it dropped, and and he has a buddy of his put it together, and it's awful. It, I couldn't like like I mean, it's nice to hear from Robert Plant a little bit, but the format mm. like. I don't understand why all these podcasts are edited to death. Like it was not only was it like really short, like 10, 15 minutes, but like the segments were short too. So he just says a little bit, there might be a song might say a bit more. I'd rather just hear him like ramble, ramble on for like however long in a stream of consciousness than hear him like produced into a format. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I'd much rather hear something genuine, dude. I'd love like long form conversations about like super niche shit, like uh, John Coltrane's Pentagram uh, and his his version of the Circle of Fifths, or like the uh, mm. Rudolf Steiner's uh, Zodiac Circle of the Fifths, or you know, just I, now I, I we're like talking. Into, yeah, exactly, dude. Like I I, I kind of like getting really in the weeds like that. And it really is hard bringing, bringing guests on that exactly, they kind of, you know, I had you for the first move, which was great. But then, I don't know, I found some difficulty as I was marching into it. So I've kind of, I've kind of just shifted gears to the, to the YouTube arena. And I think I'm going to uh, just do a mishmash of, of content. Uh, well, you're a musician to- and you have multimedia skills. So that makes a lot of sense that you would make an array of content um because getting 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 podcast guests is hard i know some of us might try and make it look easy i know jason newcomb's probably making it look easy that he had this string of people and he still is having this string of people on his 
beautiful podcast inside the magic circle like he he's gotten even skinner steven skinner on video all these people all on video he's, he's doing but it's not easy right he's doing a ton of work i i can only imagine how much work he's doing to, to make that all happen because i know how much work it takes for me to get guests like in the beginning especially i would spend so many hours trying to lock people down especially in the beginning and like i was just trying yes. to talk to whoever whomever but uh, there was a lot of time involved and I've set it up now. Like it grew. I, well, I wasn't even trying to grow it. Right. It just happened. Yeah. But like, I couldn't get guests in the beginning and I wasn't planning on it being anything. I was just, you know, we, we had just locked down. Like this is the one year anniversary of my podcast. Um, and uh, we just locked down. And so I started, and I was reading academic essays on esotericism every day. So I was like, well, I, and I actually read, people might not realize this, but I, I read at the same speed I talk. Um, so oh, yeah. I was, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a slow reader, but it's, it's probably has something to do with absorption and, and memory. Um, I don't, you know, I, t I tend to remember well. I, plus I think a lot about everything I'm reading as I read it um, to relate it to mm -hmm. all the other, to, to relate what's relevant to other knowledge networks in my mind, in my little inner library. But so I was just recording myself reading and commenting on academic essays that I liked and other stuff and that and then it was slow to build up the thing to get guests and like you know then it then it took off then it took off uh, of course like yeah, like I was just talking to Rufus Opus again you know um today and yeah. he was like you know harassing me he's like you fucking asshole when am I coming on your podcast again <laughs> most people have only been on once but I need to be on it a third time I was like shut the fuck up motherfucker and he was like fuck you bitch I was like no fuck you he's like fuck you I was like no fuck you because that's how Rufus <laughs> Opus and I clearly talk to each other um, yes. no, I'm joking I don't need you don't need to say I'm joking after that anyway he'll be on Thursday <laughs> he'll be on Thursday um and he's nope. he's he's moving to seattle baby oh my god i'm so fucking excited so two nights ago i had a dream about him that's how this conversation started i had a dream about rufus opus he was in my dream and in my dream i it was really weird i was just talking to him and i sent him a message i'm like yo i had a you were in my dreams the other night he's like yo i'm i'm taken i'm like bitch and that's not what i meant <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm like yep. no i but in my dream he showed up in my dream and i said are you moving to seattle and he said something in response i think he said yes or no probably i think he said yes because i remembered it being that's incongruent because i know where he lives more or less and i know he's not moving to seattle but then i just oh, talked to right. him today and i was like so this is what happened and he's like i'm moving to seattle i was like oh. get the fuck out of town holy shit yeah He's like, didn't you know that? I'm like, well, maybe my subconscious mind knew that, but I didn't <laughs> it's know like that. maybe. Um, yeah, exactly. And, he, you know, because it's because of uh, relationship change in his life and stuff like that. But, but you know, from one sore to another sore, but they're all the sores are the same, you know, so who can tell the difference? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that one's going to get me in trouble. Right. That's what we call ourselves fratters and sores because we're all basically the same person, you know? Yes. <laughs> Just uh, lonely souls living in a lonely world. I can't sing yep, songs we're... on the podcast, actually, because it, it flags them. Isn't that lame? Wow, that's how yeah. lame. I just well, got YouTube to overturn a ruling against me for posting my own music as, as the intro to my podcast. Wow, I, 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 had, I had to I had to challenge their ruling. And I was like, "Yo, I wrote, recorded, and I own this. I wrote this song. I played this song. I recorded it. I own it entirely. Here's my full name and number." And then they were like, "Yes, you've you've 
you've got you can do that they, they let it go through um but what i also knew was if i didn't contest it the royalties for its usage would go to my distributor who would then send them to me the thing is my distributors none of them have sent me anything in since 2009 like ever mm. up until then i was making good money we talked about this on your podcast music of the spheres music with a yeah. k of course um and that's mm -hmm. on spotify itunes all the shit and uh you know they used to send me a lot of money every month from itunes downloads and all that shit but then they stopped in 2009 2010 like dead stopped and the only interaction i've had with them since then is getting billed a dollar 50 a year for the for having for service charges of having my music out there while being informed of thousands and thousands of thousands more listeners every month. So they're just keeping all that money. And you probably remember the, the famous Taylor Swift uh, lawsuit against Spotify that she didn't even, she didn't win. So if Tay Tay can't beat Spotify in a lawsuit, we're all fucked. We're fucked. Yeah. We're so fucked. Yeah, pretty much. So like music, like, you know, I'm about to go record a new album. Um, and you know, that's going to, I'm going to spend probably like, you don't have to spend as much anymore. Like it would have cost me like 15, 20 grand for what I'm doing. Cause I'm doing something great. Mm -hmm. The best thing I've ever done, obviously um, you always got to do better. And, but it's actually probably going to, I'm probably going to get away with like eight, seven to nine grand Canadian um, on this next album, you know, uh, just partly it's COVID. So the, my, my pro friends have lower rates, um, you know, and, nice. uh, and just the costs are lower than yeah. they used to be like 20 years ago 15 years ago you know it was way more expensive yeah so yeah the thing is you spend all that money still even if you spend a thousand dollars on a song you're not gonna see may maybe any of that in, in digital returns and people don't really buy cds unless you go to a show and if they go to obviously mm -hmm. you still want shows and you know you're a musician right the answer mm -hmm. to what kind of merch should you have at your show is all the merch you should have one dollar mm -hmm. stickers to $40 vinyls and $50 t-shirts or whatever the fuck it is. You should have yep. everything for every level of person. My bands never understood that. They never really understood that. What's well, it makes band, sense. What's your band called and what, what sort of stuff are you up to? Well, uh, I'm in a band called Great Path. I'm actually in a couple of projects. But this is my most recent one. Um, it's a concept band and we just actually finished our EP, which didn't cost us much either because I produced it all. Um, of course. But of course, you know, you always have to go out and buy your album art and uh, pay for for what uh, what kind of promotion outlets you want to use, pay for distribution, the whole nine yards. So, but uh, but so essentially, the idea is it's a it's an occult concept band, and we have uh, an entire mythos behind us. Uh, we have made an egregor for the band uh we yeah. have yeah and we're you we're intentionally created an egregore because pretty much i mean yeah. there's not much difference between branding and egregores right they, they you there know, really they, isn't no yeah but so you've intentionally created an egregore tell me about that what's the yeah what's, so what's the name so her name is pass um oh, okay. and the band yeah, the band itself is called gray path um and so the egregore's name itself is just path and um like P-A-T-H. Yes, that's it. Just gray patch. And are you spelling yeah. gray the right way or the wrong way? <laughs> Probably the wrong way. I'm, I'm spelling it G-R-E-Y. Is that right or wrong? I don't know. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> it is all one word, though. Gray no, you got to be, if it, you know, since you're a band, I would have, you could have been like, you could have done like some pagan G-R-A-E way 
or uh, you know, whatever the kids are. It's doing. true. It's uh, true. Pass. So you're you're doing E. Yep. Yeah. I think yes. the way I think traditionally E E was the color and A was the surname. That's how I felt. I wasn't even yeah, sure though. I think my, traditionally my that's what it was. However, I know that America and America uses a different spelling for gray than England and Canada do. Yeah, America, America likes to be edgy and do its own thing. You know this. Like Allen Ginsberg said, America, I've given you all and now I'm nothing. <laughs> yep. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, man, we uh we essentially got together. I mean, how we picked the name was pretty we actually started out G-R-A-Y and we literally just sat down and spelled it two different ways and we're like, this one looks better. <laughs> that was that was the process behind that. Nothing further. But uh but yeah, we uh, pretty much every approach we take to music involves esotericism in some way. So the lyrics are all pretty much, aside from like the really obvious stuff, uh, like, you know, we did a few Latin phrases and stuff, uh, referencing alchemy, like the vitriol phrase and, and shit like that. But as far as like the main lyrics and whatnot, we sort of enter a state of, or we sort of actually use active imagination, kind of automatic writing. Uh, sometimes oh, wow. we'll write... Yeah, that, and sometimes we'll, we'll write something and uh, we almost do like an automatic composition type of thing too. Um, we always start every session with a strong uh, meditation session before we go into writing and everything. Wow. And uh, yeah, and it's kind of cool too because um, our songs, we did a little something different than what I'm used to. I, it's a three song EP, so it's not, it's not a very long project at all, but all three songs actually sort of uh sort of blend into each other so you know oh yeah and i'm sure it. you've yeah i'm sure you've heard music like that so you could well, actually yeah. listen to the, yeah yeah but my one of my un, un, unrecorded or unreleased albums i did do a full recording of the full album but then i junked it <laughs> like you know you ever recorded a full album for a year and then decided you're gonna do it differently <laughs> oh yes and it Not was a, a full theme. album it was a theme album so like so every song bled into another and um, each song ended on the chord that the next one started on. Ooh, So that was fun. And I, rehearsing them myself, rehearsing the lute part so that I could smoothly play them through, um, including moving a capo while still finger picking. That was uh, tricky. That took, holy that took shit. Me, so I wrote the album in Belfast in 2009. And like the whole thing, I wrote it in like a couple weeks. And... And then I basically rehearsed it for the next three years on my own. Then I decided to yeah. turn it into a musical, wrote a book with some theater people for it to adapt it. We adapted it, recorded it again. And it's just, it's, it's going to take forever to finish it. Oh my God. But you know, one day, one day. One day, man, it sounds like a bomb project. Right after I finished writing it, the Decemberists dropped their album, their theme album, their first theme, one and only theme album, The Hazards of Love. And I was like, holy shit, this is exactly like what I just wrote, except what I just wrote was based on Irish mythology and the Decemberist Hazards of Love is based on English mythology. And I was like, this is so cool. I'm in the zeitgeist, right? But now it's yep. common, like Halsey, Halsey's first two albums were theme albums, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah, they were concept albums. Con yeah. That's, I keep saying theme, I mean concept. That's crazy. Thing, like, yeah. She even commented like the fact that she was able to make massive bestsellers, like number one albums out of two concept albums back to back 
and that she was allowed to do that is phenomenal. And of course she was allowed to do that because she made it on her own, yeah. which is the uh, advantage of the internet. Very true. Yeah. Yes. She, Along she was with homeless recorded a song and blew up just like, just like, true. just like little Zan. So there's these people, there's these arid, rock stars are coming back for the right reason. Yep. It's very true. Um, yeah, Halsey was insanely innovative in the way that she approached her career um, and her first two albums. Man, those are phenomenal. Yeah. I still, I still jam those. I, yeah, yeah. We used to do New Americana at, at my gigs sometimes, but of course we would call it New Canadiana. Canadiana. Yeah. Uh, what's the next line? Hile, hile uh, we, marijuana. I was. Myself? I can't sing it because I'm hoping that I won't get. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. High on, high on legal marijuana. I mean, and it the was over. Thing. It got overplayed instantly, right? But and people bitch about it. But the, the thing is, if a song gets complained about within a month because it's overplayed so much, that's not a bad yeah. thing. That means you wrote a damn fucking popular song. Yeah, very true, dude. Um, it's well, it's she, all her. I, I'm obsessed with her music. I think she's an amazing songwriter. Amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, having a kid too. Yep, I she guess sure that means is. I'll I... have to become a stepfather one day when we <laughs> when we get married. When you get married, of course, which is inevitable, as everyone knows. It's inevitable. I mean, it's it's written in the stars, dude. Why else would I work with goetic demons? <laughs> oh my gosh! Just like your doctor asked you, like, what brought you to the order? Um, I'm really trying to just get with Halsey, trying to uh, do a little, <laughs> little bit of magic. <laughs> I want to was... marry Beyonce. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Quickest way to get kicked out of the order. <laughs> oh my That's god. That's amazing. So a yeah, funny was... note. Hmm? I was gonna say a funny note on the uh on the singing and copy or the, the getting flags for singing thing. I guess I don't ever have to worry about that because I can't sing for shit. <laughs> I can play some instruments, but yeah, oh. what instruments do you play? Well, I started out with piano when I was five. My mom just threw me into piano, which I'm so I'm so glad she did. Um, so you're, you're a pianist. Pianist. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a pianist. Pianist. I I, I misspoke. Pianist. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. You're a pianist. Um, so, Such a yeah, juvenile joke. It was. Um, it was. It didn't really. It's not my primary instrument. It's the one I started with. However, when I started playing guitar at eleven. That, that kind of did it for me. So the guitar is my, is, is my main love as far as instruments go. I also a, play, you know. Are you more a Gibson or a Fender guy? I'm actually more of a Fender guy so far. You know, it was like, I think I'd, I didn't play a Fender until like for years. Like I'd been playing, I think I had been playing guitar for a long time. I, I was, I'd been playing my Gibson Silverburst for years. And then I had an yeah. 81 Gibson Les Paul. I had like $12,000 of Gibsons, just these two. And sadly, how, how do I not have them anymore? Let's not talk about it. But, you know, then I picked up a Fender. I was like, holy shit, this instrument is forgiving. Yeah. You know, Gibsons are not forgiving. You better no. you nail each fingering and every, oh, yes. everything. You have to nail it. You have to like be so precise. But a, but a Fender you can just finger it so loosely and like you, it, you can basically hit the wrong string, but still play the right one. Yep. 
Yeah. You definitely can. And there's, yeah. and there's, you, you can slide right into that sweet spot super well with, uh, with fenders. I could be a little biased just because of my choice. I mean, I picked like the, I have a Gibson and a fender. The Gibson Les Paul that I have is one of those Futura models. Do you remember those? No, I, I, I know very little about guitars and instruments and music. That's okay. Me, outside me of what I do. Like I know what I do, but outside of that, I don't know much. You know, I, I'm the same Cause, way. Because I, I didn't start young like you. I started playing music at 25. True, but I also haven't really learned a super analytical way. Like, dude, my piano teacher did not teach me music theory or sight reading or anything like that uh, for whatever reason. So I didn't get into music theory until way later. And as far as like instrument knowledge, whew, I am not the man to talk to about instruments. I do. Yeah. I can play them. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to like their internal structure and me mechanisms. And no, nah, I have yeah. no fucking clue. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun to learn new stuff. I, that's one of the things I like about music is it's I'm always learning more. There's always more to learn. Um, there's always better people to play with. And that's, it's a lot like magic. That's the thing I liked about your podcast. I think that there's a natural marriage between music and magic and they, mm -hmm. music is so magical and magic is mm -hmm. so musical. Um, yes. And uh, so I'm, 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 you know, I'm sure if you ever got serious about your podcast more, it would, it would take off, but you're, I understand exactly the, the thing that the problem is like, even though like a lot of us are musicians, right. A lot like uh, Ryan, Ryan Villa from Praxis behind the obscure podcast. He's a musician. Yeah. Like there's so uh, Jason Augustus Newcomb's a musician. So many of us are musicians and uh, we really need to like have a, a, you know, there's an occult revolution going on. We need to have that revolution spill over into occult music revolution. So eventually we can have just conferences of awesome music and magic at the same time oh hell yes dude and i, I do still plan on uh, getting a huge list of uh, occult musicians and and bringing them on and i i guarantee on my um since i'm going to be doing a lot of discussions on my youtube channel i guarantee a lot of those are going to get cross posted to my music of the spheres um you know spotify good idea you know yeah because you know you don't have to keep your your podcast all long form like it started out like my podcast started out with academic commentaries um and then it switched into long form because I, that's what i was i knew i would like more when it when it was possible but i would be i would actually be even more successful if i just did little little episodes like every day yeah or or you know um but i don't do that like the days like i just i, I just left a huge gap between my last podcast and this one and you and me were <clears> back you and me were going back and forth for the last week trying to find a time and I kept flaking because I'm building new Anokian tablets as I posted on Instagram. Um, mm, you know, yes. I, I'm, I'm doing, I'm trying to do a lot of things. Um, well, and I'm succeeding like a, like a fucking superstar. It's just, uh, it's a lot of work. So, you I'll know. have to take a peek. Yeah. Oh, you didn't see a picture? Oh, shit. No, I have taken out. a temporary leave from all things Instagram and all things Facebook. Your boy has taken a dip out of social media for a little bit. But, but if you're um, not on Instagram and Facebook, then how does Zuckerberg get to see the newest up to date pictures of your dick? That, that is the question, isn't it? It's you're okay. They're interfering with Zuckerberg's masturbatory life. Don't worry. When I sign up for the terms and agreements, they can, don't, they can still access my phone, even if I don't have yeah. the app, dude. It's yeah. good. Dude, the, the new Instagram rules allow them to access your bank account through your phone. 
yeah, this this is the type of stuff that just doesn't Some even surprise shit. me. Any, right? I'm just shit. like, I I gave up the idea that there will be privacy on the internet like a long time ago. Like even with VPNs, even yeah, it well, yeah. there's no privacy on the internet, man. You know, it's when, not going to happen. When, when 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 Trump repealed net neutrality, it was game over. Net neutrality is not the same thing as privacy at all, of course. But oh, yeah. net, net neutrality was the death knell of the internet because without it like that's that's just handing it over to the oligarchs and, and crony capitalism yep. like that's saying oh so the what's going to appear on the search engines is the companies the multi-million dollar company the billionaires companies that pay to have their shit show up the rest of us are fucked. yeah yeah yep so yeah it's a, it's a it's a scam they've they've ruined one of the most beautiful things hopefully the uh, aliens uh, land and set us straight soon hopefully and I, i'll be back on soon enough but uh I, I actually made it a point to get this. I'm actually working on a skit right now. I have one released on my YouTube channel. This is the second in a series. And I made a commitment to myself that I would make this skit first because it's actually about social media. The skit itself is. And um, I figured I would take a break from social media while working on it. So uh, so it's uh, as soon as it gets completed and ready to upload, I'll be back on Facebook and Instagram. I just wanted a little a little break from the toxicity man i was tired of seeing you know nothing but interaction on everybody's picture of their new shiny objects but like artists get like absolutely no love and you know the whole being reduced to a product for ad for ad advertisers and whatnot it's not not the most appealing thing in the world yeah well you saw what happened to me or maybe you didn't but like yeah like so they've been like the only way i can even reply to people on my instagram main page is like i have to write in the reply to them and then i've screenshot it because then when i hit send it's like this goes against community guidelines even if i'm liking a picture it'll show a heart and i'll screenshot the heart and then it's like this goes against the guidelines it removes my heart and then i post the screenshots of me hearting it on the main feed so they know that i responded wow <laughs> See, what, that's some next right? level censorship eh it is dude and, and last time i was actually on the internet i believe i this is literally like one of the last things i saw when i was on instagram was i think you were talking about you did a episode on uh gk chesterton and oh, did i no i'm not in the whole wait. episode oh you must have did i i thought that you 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 were censored for something pertaining oh, to c.s lewis see gk ah. chesterton would make more sense and Chesterton, wow, okay. I'm, I'm impressed that you know who G.K. Chesterton is. Aren't you like a millennial or something? Yeah. Yeah, I am a millennial. <laughs> I'm, a, well, I'm a strange, strange, unique millennial. Chesterton is an amazing thinker. He said one thing that's, that sat with me my whole life. Do you want to hear it? What's that? G.K. Chesterton said, Chesterton said in uh, something, he said somewhere, he said, the problem is that when one does not when 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 one does not believe in something one does not then believe in nothing one believes in anything Ooh, very true really awesome right yeah great great mind he was a you know contemporary of yates of course and all those people and uh he's he's considered he's considered a conservative thinker though conservative at that time which didn't mean wasn't a political statement so much as as it is today uh it meant, it meant more pertaining to certain streams of philosophical thought but uh yeah. inter interesting thinker i mean he's adored by uh traditional roman catholics 
for his social views and all of that stuff. But that doesn't mean that all of his philosophical thoughts should be thrown out. Um, right. Because he was like, I actually don't even remember at this point what his controversial views were. But um, interesting, you know, interesting intellectual. You know, we got to learn to not throw it sounds the, like it. We got to learn not to discount everything someone says, every insight someone says, just because we don't like one thing they say. Oh, I agree. Um, it sounds like the statement that he made that he made about uh, belief is very a very good summary of some of the problems that we see yeah. with like scientific hyper realism today or or whatever, you know, people who who are just like, yeah, I just follow the science. I just, you know, uh, I see what's published and that's what I believe. It's like belief and knowledge aren't really you, you haven't solved the problem of belief by just like relying on the newest pop science theory, like yeah. not even close. It's, it's the whatever generation. I had a whole section on this in one of my books that's now out of print, and I'm going to keep it out of print, actually. Um, I had a whole section on the whatever generation. I wrote this like 2004, 2005. Actually, I wrote it for a rock star, one of the most famous rock stars in Canada, um, as an apology letter sort of for not being able to take him on as a Golden Dawn student. Um, he told me if I took him on, he would, I would, he would be the best student I ever had. I was like, well, that's, that's saying a lot. Um, but also I think you're too busy with having the number one single in the country. And he was like, well, I got a lot of miles and I can fly you anywhere. I'm like, yeah, but I have a life and I just, I'm about to go to Ireland to do my PhD. So like, sorry. And I wrote him this, I wrote yeah. him this long essay, a hundred, 200 page essay. And then I put it out a few years ago as a book. Um, and now it's out of print. So, you know, it's, it's, it's written by a young 24 year old me as a actual sort of a letter apology letter to this rock star because i knew he didn't have the time to work do what i people say they have time to do the golden dawn system but they don't really if they're mm. if they're a famous rock star touring every night they don't they don't it's true that and, thing's you know, exhaustive man yeah now he now he's in australia he's married to a priestess of the oto and he's happy as a clam and that's great that's great he found his way i knew he'd find his way good um, I didn't Good. know who Jimmy Page was though till he till he told me about him. I, I was oh, really? twenty five or twenty four, and he's like, "Yo, I was taught the Middle Pillar by Jimmy Page when we were on tour, and uh, <laughs> you, we did you it were like who? set." And no, I'm so I'm googling it in two thousand four or five, and like it took fifteen minutes into the conversation for the page of the internet, and this was not dial up, but it took fifteen minutes for the page to load because the internet was still slow back then. And yeah. then it finally loads my search for Jimmy Page. It shows me a picture and underneath says Led Zeppelin. I'm like, oh, Led Zeppelin. I didn't know who <laughs> Mr. Jimmy Page was because I, yes. you know, I was coming out of my 25 years of being me. I wasn't aware of the world outside of, you know, meditation, Waldorf school, seminary, and Golden Dawn. That was my whole universe um oh wow yeah that's all i knew man like, that's why i know that stuff so well and so deeply it's because i didn't have a breadth of knowledge i had a depth of knowledge and so you know uh and, th yeah. and that that in that book i talk about the whatever generation uh really coming from this idea of gk chesterton which i which latched onto my brain in 2003 that's why it's funny you mentioned chesterton because <clears> it's this idea that that yeah when we when we don't believe in something we don't we don't then become nihilists or atheists we become incredulous we just mm. it's all real it's all true i was just talking to a guy who was really like sort of it looks like his mind was like manufactured by the gaia channel 
and he's talking about like the Merkava and the chariots and the body of oh, yeah. and, and mm. aliens and all this stuff. But he's using, I'm like, he's like talking about the Merkava in, in Sumeria. And I'm like, that, that, that word didn't even exist. The concept didn't even mm. exist. He's like, well, it does in my understanding. So like, you know, you get these really incredulous minds that just attract yep. everything, interpret it in any willy nilly way that they want. And there's no common meanings. There's no way to share common meanings with them because they're just redefining every single concept and idea and, and, and intuition they have in whatever terms they're surrounded by. So like, you know, yes. He's showing me all these these things on YouTube that are, you know, I'm, it's my friend's new boyfriend, right? So I'm like going with it, mm. right? And I'm just like, <clears throat> you know, and, and it was a fun guy. And like, I kept saying to him, I understand why you think this way. I understand why you yep. think this. And I get why I know, I said, I kept having to tell him, I, I know exactly how you got to this idea. Even though it's yep. like, you, for me, you can't use this term or that term, or you can't say what this or that with, any kind of credulity to me but i do understand the process that led you there yes it's like people have this innate ability to intuit or sense a symbolic pattern and then immediately when they want to share it with maybe somebody else instead of it being a symbolic description it becomes a very hyper historical or hyper physical description it's just like it doesn't do the symbolic description justice to, to reduce everything down to, uh, you know, if you find something that you find just absolutely true, that's fine. But it doesn't mean that, it you know, you have to predate it all the way back to Samaria. And if that gets contradicted, you know, you, you, you just got to double down on it. And I feel like the problem is people can even believe, you know, contradicting things like easily uh, if, yeah. if they fall in, if they fall into the incredulous thinking, as you were yeah, mentioning. Criti critical thinking is an issue, um, of course. But what's really interesting to me is when people come up with these completely solipsistic um, paradigms that are, are constructed in ways that can't be communicated really with meaning to anyone else because definition too many definitions are changed too many <clears throat> base assumptions are are not there and what you have is this uh this quick slope into utter radical relativism that that doesn't allow for meaning making between people only within oneself and that's where you can't really communicate with the person anymore it's sort of like you know if you can't have sex like people who, you know there's people who can't have sex because they're always having sex with themselves. So it's not like really a team sport. They're not really there with you. They're just there for yeah. themselves. Like yeah. guys, girls and everything in between are capable of this. You know, have you, have you ever had sex with someone and you're like, okay, yep. I'm not really present. Well, I know you've had sex yep. with someone, but like, you're a musician, not a scientist. Of course you've had sex. Oh, it's, ha like, it's when happened you're to me sex, before. When you're having sex and it's like, oh, this person's never learned how to have sex with someone. They're yeah. only having they're, they're in there doing their own thing. And I'm just an extension of that or a, a, a buttressing it. And that, that yes. sucks. And that happens no, intellectually does. and spiritually with people now more than ever in a way, um, because we don't have these shared and common meanings, which brings us back to the nature of tradition, the value of tradition. And, and you see that in music as, as well as in occultism. It's, it, it plays a very interesting role in our life. I struggle with thinking of how that, how that, we can we can understand that in a culture at a time in which um it's sort of championed that what's that, what's 
is sort of champion to have your own interpretation, to have your what this means to me without mm -hmm. learning what it's meant to others. In semiotics, in the, in the academic discipline of semiotics, symbols are defined very specifically, very, very restrictively, right? Like there's yeah. three kinds of signs. Semiotics is the study of signs, sign theory. And everyone mm -hmm. always thinks I'm talking about, you know, that, that refers to like uh, spiritual meaning. No, it's not. Signs is in mm -hmm. literal signs. There's three kinds of mm -hmm. signs, uh, icons, indexes, and symbols. So an index is, is a written, like the word tree, T-R-E-E, -E, right? Yeah. So, that's, mm -hmm. so an index tells you what it is because it's literally telling you what it is, like a word. An icon is like a statue. So you see a statue of the Piedra, you see the, the uh, statue of an angel. You know what it is because it looks like what it means. And then a symbol is defined by social context and cultural meaning. So mm. we're living in an era where people have re removed cultural and social meaning from symbolism. And that's where we slip into relativism and solipsism. And it, ultimately the danger of that is that it prevents communication. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I totally agree. And um, I, I'm not, my past is definitely riddled with the, the solipsistic type of thinking too, because I, it, it's easy to fall victim to. Well, you're um, a musician, of course. I, I'm a musician. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've tripped on psychedelics. So, you know, you're always going to be like, oh, dude, this is trippy. This like next wild alien theory on Gaia, you know, like stuff like that. It, it happened to me. And as you know, I'm in Southern Alabama, I'm in the fucking Bible belt. So it was presented as kind of like a dichotomy here. So you've got your Christians on one side, your atheists kind of in the middle, and then your wacky new age crystal alternative medicine hippies on like the other. And my thought was like, okay, let me see what the new agey alternative hippies are like about. And that kind of led to a solipsistic worldview for, for a hot minute. Um, so I definitely see how it's enticing um, as to an answer of how people could get out of that. I have no fucking clue, man, because really it, it took a lot of support for me to like, it, it took a lot of talking to friends and stuff and, and people like actually being like, you know, you're being a little hypocritical when you say this and this at the same time, or like, you know, people, people there who are like, yeah, you, you're, you need to actually think about this a little further. And I'm like, okay. Let me, let me actually consider it. And, you know, you start coming around if you actually give them the, the time of day and consideration that they're asking for. So I feel like, you know, being open to a more collective and social understanding of meaning is where people would start. But how to, how to get people open to that, I have no fucking clue, man. Yeah, we need, we need to, yeah, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a dark ages for critical thinking, for intellectualism, and just for dialogue in general, the, what's what we're going through, right? The future is going to be a dark ages of that. Yeah. Um, but we do need to try and maintain those things. And we need to especially maintain the hermeneutic practice of sharing in a common meaning, because that's where understanding occurs. And uh, yeah, if we, if we, you, you can see this going on in all parts of culture and even in the magical community, right? Like um, I've, you know, people are using blending Kabbalah and Enochian magic in, in whatever <laughs> way they want. And that, I'm yeah. actually fine with that. Like 
I generally think people realize I'm fine with most things. Um, yeah. You know, being like you, a dirty slut of a musician, but <laughs> but if you go too far, you can't communicate with each other, right? So it's true. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't. It, a language is a shared thing. You can't have like a personal subjective language because it doesn't work. You don't convey meaning to any outside perceivers that way. Yeah. Yeah. So people might um, not know this, but because uh, they haven't, they foolishly haven't listened to your podcast, Music of the Spheres, and my debut interview on that. Um, <laughs> or as a cultist would say, they're on. <laughs> they're on and thereof. Yes. And so, yes, um, we share the Golden Dawn tradition in common. You are a member of the Fellowship of the Golden Dawn, right? I am, yes. Yeah. Which is the same thing now, recently, as of the last couple of years, as the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn Universum. Yep. OGBU. Uh, yes, yes, pretty much. To, to, to sum it up in a nice and neat way, there is some... Uh, interesting adept stuff going on right now that i'm probably not going to get into on a on the podcast episode might talk to you about it later after we stop recording and stuff well but, you uh, should make sure to observe your vows i'm no exception to that oh of course yes oh of course yes i, that I said, definitely am that said since we spoke on your podcast last i did have like three to five hours of conversation with your proctor oh really <laughs> nice interesting yeah. she's awesome she is awesome she's a yeah. she's a lovely lady she's quite a wise teacher uh, yeah. i have nothing but, but respect for her man she's a great great person yeah she's a very cool i almost called her an adept but she's a portal member yep yeah mm -hmm. um she is know. yes she is because uh that's the grade in which you generally start proctoring students um of course, you know, you would never know if someone's an adept until they became a hierophant. So who knows? We don't. And, right. And the, they don't tell me these things because I'm not in the, in the orders. I'm not in any order, of course. sadly. No. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, right. to my eternal laments. I'm joking. God, uh, this is a create. This would be a horrible episode to be someone's first episode to listen to. Um, <laughs> um, if you're listening to this episode and you don't know who the hell we are, what we're talking about, you should listen to the previous hundred hours. <laughs> um yes but yeah no you have a cool proctor um who's very much of, of my way of thinking about the magical community insofar as its future potential goes because i know your order is ultimately it's run the the, the man at the top of your order that they want he wants a he's always wanted a college uh like a, a public school mm. of magic i think yes i don't know if you guys are talking about that but um you know there's but what's interesting is it's almost like people like you know Rufus Opus from the OTO world, and you know Jason Newcomb, and then there's independent other independent people like Jake Stratton Kenton, and just so many of us. Well, not not that many. Like uh, I was just listening to Jason Newcomb's interview with Ryan on Practice Behind the Obscure, which is an excellent episode. Every human being needs to listen to. Well, every magician needs to hear Ryan. Ryan and Jason Newcomb's episode on Praxis Behind the Obscure. Fucking excellent yeah. episode. Um, they get into nuances I've never heard discussed publicly before, but, but there's all these independent people and we're sort of able to like sort of lead the way in the public sphere um, that I think actually might 
forge a path a bit for some of the orders to get a bit more, do a bit more in the public sphere as well. That would be cool. That would be very cool would, for them to be a, like, you know, ah, it's, it's a tricky subject, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, obviously I'm a, I'm a big fan of the order you're a part of because it's run by the guy who I consider my main spiritual mentor. Um, and uh, you guys Amazing. are doing Zoom classes. Yeah. Yes, we are. Zoom classes it is, man. Until all this, you know, COVID shit blows over and we can actually, and I can actually get my fucking physicals, which, which is yeah. a must. Yeah. I'm all for well, astral um, experiences, but physical initiations are, are essential. hundred percent. Uh, yeah. agreed. Yes. Yeah. And, um, so how are the Zoom know. classes? They're good. They're good. They're actually very informative. Um, you know, there's like everybody, there's going to be a, a few tech issues here. It's got to be but, a hell of a lot better than nothing, which is what most orders are providing. Uh, yes, it is a hell of a lot better than nothing. And let me tell you, man, we've got a discord up and everything. And we actually, uh, oh, no every, shit. yeah, all, all the members in there that we get in, you know, voice chats, talk about shit. We have like a book club. We've, we've been reading the essential golden dawn by the Ciceros. I love that um, book. Yes. And, you know, we've been going over it. We've been in different communities and everybody seems like super supportive throughout everything. So it, it's as close as we can get to being in person without being in person. You know, everybody's very active and uh, it's actually very amazing to see in such strange times. That's really awesome. Really fucking awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Damn. I know. I know. I'm having I've a. I know like 20, 20 something, 20 something, 30 people who came to me in the last year have joined Golden Dawn Orders. And most of them, a lot, the majority probably went to yours. Um, but, but there was, it's sort of an equal divide between the ones I recommend on my website, of course, because they're all good. They're all good. Um, but the Zoom class is really, I, the, one of the reasons I tout so much that, that you guys are doing Zoom classes, because I hope the others are doing Zoom classes. Like, you know, what, what's, what's Tabby up to? Tabby, Tabby Cicero, man. Why isn't she doing a Zoom class every week for her order? I don't know, man. She should do it. Right. I, would, I have I would, no clue. Honestly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. No, I wish I could rejoin you guys and, or, or whatever. But uh, if you join one, you don't join the others. Why can't you all just unite and get together and form a mega order? I know why. Yes. But it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just common interest, though, is a thing, though, man, I, I'd is, like to see us. I'd like to see common interest among orders be, be utilized a lot more. Um, we have had a good bit of classes with uh, a few other temples from other orders and stuff, too. And, it, and it's worked really well. But there really? are some. Yes, actually. Um, Which order? I might actually. Oh, that's going to have to be something I discuss offline because it ties into something else i'm gonna to have to discuss online i'll i'll tell you the details but if i Don't, tell you you can't say that you shouldn't you can't tell me any details <laughs> oh yeah i mean yeah that's right vows vows dude i love my vows if you're saying it to me uh, in <laughs> well there's there's some things that you would understand that wouldn't be getting into like any type of like adept circumstances sure. that i'm not yeah. sure would actually be interpreted correctly by the general audience of this podcast. That's, That's why right. I'm being okay. I'm actually yeah. I'm, I'm legit not even talking about vow breaking stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's fair. And let, let to 
and to, to be fair to be fair for those thinking we're treading on like my luggage is all at one of your chief's house oh really yes. yeah. so yeah it's not it's not like i'm on the outs but the way i think the, oh yeah the, the the way the way that i i'm able to operate the way i do is by you know uh i try and keep you guys to your vows <laughs> maybe more than you keep yourselves <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good no we're people you know i i, I respect that and um I definitely, I, I'm, I'm skeptical to talk, to touch upon certain subjects. And, I, and there's not even really like any type of weird, like adept drama or anything weird like that going down. It's just hard, very hard to communicate these things. I'm sure you understand. Well, I, there's always been negotiations between Golden Dawn orders, especially over the last 30 years of trying to like find more common ground, build bridges. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm staying independent is because I just think I can do more good helping build i can i can build more bridges independently than i yeah. can if i'm back in a group just because of my history and who i am it's just it's, true. it's just you know as much as i'd like i'd love to join frater yeshi's order i would have loved mm -hmm. like i was given i could have jumped straight into his inner order which would have been a one thing time exception that they would never have given anyone else and i had to turn it down because my higher self was like no you're you're doing what you're doing you're doing what you're doing. Hmm. You can't do anything else until this egregore of your work is done. And that egregore hmm. of my work ended after three years on my birthday this past January. But I was given a new assignment by my holy guardian angel before that time passed and of what to do after that. Then what I'm doing after that doesn't allow me to join an order either. Uh, you know, as much uh, as I would love to rejoin an inner order and be a part of events and initiations and ceremonies again, like that would be so great, especially during this whole pandemic time that we're in, which let's face it, will last forever. You know, that's how it feels up here in Canada, yeah. where we're legally not allowed to go to anyone else's house ever. Yikes. Yeah, right. Yeah, I got to move to Texas. Yeah, but it but, does feel like it's going to be forever. But the good thing about the Golden Dawn is they could hear you say that. And I'm pretty sure like most of them would be like, oh, yeah, I get that. Like, do what your higher self is saying. I'm pretty sure you you probably get along with pretty much uh, every every grounded order there is out there. If you have a problem with someone doing their true will, then you're not doing yours. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, no, I, I have, I have, I have a lot on my plate. I've got the the Celtic mysteries, which, as soon as COVID is over, will launch with the first initiation, and uh, you know that'll take five years of yearly annual initiations. Then after that, five years of establishments over, I will go through those five initiations, which is something that mean I'm building it so that I can then go through it, and that's ten years of my life. Um, who knows what will happen after that? But that's you know I'll be fifty then. I just turned forty now. Then I'll be fifty. Um, and we'll, uh -oh. we'll see what happens with me? after that. Yeah, I'm still with you. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens after that. But I, 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 there is a chance that that the orders can build more bridges. And if, like you said, you've been doing lectures and or classes, if there's been, in, it sounds like you've you've had some bridges built recently between other orders. That would be great because, like, you know, uh, Chick's not going to be around forever. When I was hanging out with him and Tabby last year. They were saying like we're going to do as much as we can make as many appearances as we can and and build as many bridges as we can for the next five years is what they said because of of chick's age and that's wonderful they have like 
I was really impressed by their mentality because I'd never got to speak to them in person before. I'd been on conference calls with them between them and our inner order in like 20 years ago. Um, but like to see their mentality, they really do want it to survive. That's why Farrell and Zaleski and all these other people, Rigardi, they want it to survive um, and survive in its best possible form, you know, with as much passed on learning and knowledge as possible. We don't want to just rehash the same bullshit version of the system that was founded in 1888 when they didn't know what they were doing and they were just they were doing the best they could but things have just come so far since then right like seriously like so far it's true Uh, yeah so so you're in you are you you're in theorcus i'm still in theorcus yes i had to take a you're one of those eternal theorci dude yes you've heard that term before and i have and i've heard that term eternal (laughs) <laughs> eternal airhead maybe <laughs> yeah had some had some pretty wild uh mundane stuff come up had to take a quite a break myself i'm just now getting back into the swing of things you saw me uh you saw the video i sent over of the little sacred space i made in the woods right dude that was so awesome that was so inspiring and exciting i was like fuck yeah this guy is still with it yeah, good for you. Yes, yes. You are, um, so, you are an active magician, and that is inspiring. I just, yeah, I, I, I went a little passive for a little bit. You know, I, I did have to take care of some shit, but it, it does feel good to get back in the swing of things. And I'm finally, you know, actually seeing some alchemical progression again. So maybe, maybe it won't be so eternal, but holy shit, it has been long. I knew a guy when I was in the order who who was a, he was a few grades ahead of me but he spent he like fucked off for a year in theoricus for like a year and a half and became like yeah. this major one of vancouver's biggest drug dealers and then he like dropped the drug dealing and came back to the order and like came back to his class like nothing had happened and we we're all like, and everyone treated it like nothing had happened and he got back on with his magical work and and that guy today runs pat zaleski's order wow stranger things eh yeah i'd say dude interesting i uh i wanted to tell you you were a uh last time we talked i think uh you were you had a bit of an influence or was a bit of an inspiration on my approach to uh you know i told you i was kind of taking an eccentric approach to youtube and maybe getting some content to shift over to my podcast from that I've kind of taken that eccentric approach and uh, I used it a little bit of influence from you to do so because you introduced me to, to uh, Deleuze not too long ago. To what? And the to Deleuze. Oh, yeah. Gilles Deleuze. Deleuze, like yeah. the, the French. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. I've been, yeah. I started reading him when I was 20. Yeah. He's a great, great thinker. Yes, the, the idea of stratifying oneself on a plane of contingency and trying new combinations to form new, new lines and patterns of being and stuff is, I, I found that very artistically inspirational, strangely enough. And it actually sounds like kind of your approach to podcasting, how you kind of just, it didn't really feel like the way you were describing it, it didn't feel like you were saying that you knew what you were doing or you were just jumping into it to, to blow up and do this for a living or anything it sounded like you were kind of just 
shooting in the dark, doing what you did best, and the success kind of followed up after that. And it I, was, I, find, I started my podcast I as like an something. April's Fool's prank. <laughs> oh my God. It was like, what if people That's thought amazing origin? My, my idea was like, what if everyone, what if everyone who, like, you know, in the magical community who knows me, because the ones who know me know me, what if they thought that I was going to yeah. start just <clears throat> going online every day? And saying whatever I wanted. I was like, <laughs> you know, what what would yes. they how would they respond if they thought, oh, RC's just gone off the fucking rails. Oh shit. <laughs> He's gone off the deep end. Like, is he gonna tell us about tell people about the time in which we were major drug dealers? Like, yes, he is. Yes, he is. He <laughs> is gonna say that. Is he gonna talk about this other? Clear, yeah, you know, I don't know, man. I'm just. Uh, Is he going to talk about when we tripped on DMT together? Uh, well, I never did any drugs in the order, right? We did. Well, there was no drugs in, in our in the Golden Dawn, um, but <laughs> you, I know what you mean. You're sure. saying like, you know, yes, yeah. So no, I the, like the yeah the uh, entheogens and psychedelics came into my life way way after the Golden Dawn, way way after I was in the you know a chief adept of the inner order. Um, yeah, it was it was it was you know i i started experimenting with chaos magic and uh advanced levels of druidry and, and yeah. entheogens in ireland and uh you know as well as doing some very controversial clipothic experiments using kenneth grant's tunnels of set and uh that led me some uh dark places but you know i was also going through the dark night of the spirit which is the second of the two dark nights and that's a mind fuck if ever there was one it's it's uh, it's I gonna it. it's gonna take me actually like i can talk intelligently about the first dark night of the senses but the dark night of the spirit is probably going to take me a few more years before i can really put together any kind of thoughts about that because it is mm. so awful. Um, yeah, like in the first Dark Knight, which starts around in go in the Golden Dawn, usually is triggered. It's 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 always an experience. Even Rigardi talked about it in the Garden of Pomegranates, which I just uh, reread, flipped through, and then I realized, oh man, this is way more Crowley than I th than I remembered. Garden of Pomegranates is a horrible book if you're in the, if you're into traditional Golden Dawn or Hermeticism, but he does accurately assess the role of the Dark Knight, and the the first role of the Dark Knight is the removal of the experience of God, of, of yeah the removal of the experience of God uh, as you prepare for the solar initiation in five six. So usually is triggered usually by things in the gd system around practicus to portal and that's when you have to go through that in this dark night of senses you you lose sense of the five elements of, of your sense of the spirit working in your life but you still you can still connect but you can but you see god all the more clearly and it's designed to help you connect with just your higher genius your holy guardian angel so that you can you know in portal especially get that inner order motto you know connection like what's my true name for the great work as you go into the greater mysteries that's what the purpose of the dark night of the senses is 
as you leave the lesser mysteries for the greater, the lesser circulation for the greater circulation. But the dark night of the spirit is something that happens to adepti in the golden dawn terminology. But in Christian mysticism, it's just something that happens later on. But and it lasts years, not not a couple, not a month or a year, but like year, like maybe a decade. And John of the Cross talks about this very intelligently, and it's attested to in every branch of mystical theology across all the world religions. It's a period of extreme aridity, and you you lose the ability. Your God removes God's self from you. Hmm. Why? I still can't really express why, because I've only just come out of it a few years ago, um, and it was very distinct when I did come out of it. It was very distinct. Um, the first see, phrase I, I, that comes to I even try to think about what I've been through the last 15 years and, and talk about it. And I can't, I can't. I imagine it's insanely hard to articulate. I mean, there's, I know there's ways to handle it. I, I know what TDL said he did to handle it. And what he did was drastic and severe and he survived it. But, but, but like I was on, I did my own path and we all have to do our own paths. Um, that's something I'd like to talk about with Josh tomorrow, actually, or Thursday, and see what he thinks. Because, you know, I, listening to Jason Newcomb talk on the Praxis Behind the Obscure podcast, you can, you can tell, like, he was such an adept level talk. He was handling every question with this insight, with this uh, circumspection that you only see from adept eye. And, and, you know, to those listening, that's not to say from spiritual it's it's wow it's hard it's a hard subject to talk about actually it really yeah is. it's the, some of the subtlest of energies and uh yeah what can i say brother i'll write a song about well, it yes you hey it's, i always it's explain things tough. better in my song lyrics you know what i mean oh yeah dude because the the music and the feeling and the melody adds meaning to the words that are already there like you can you can put a lot more meaning into a song than you probably could have sentence or a paragraph or i always a, tell a book, people book they, for that matter. i always have to tell i always tell people man if you want to know what i actually think and feel what i actually think and feel listen to my lyrics yeah that's, yep you want that because yeah my my songs are my true theology like seriously um, it's easy, yeah. easy, easy to easily misinterpreted like shit. There was a time, like I had a girlfriend, she read some poetry, found some poetry of mine online. She was like, you wrote that just before we started dating. And it's like all this laments for your, you know, ex, ex-wife or ex-lover or something. And you would just wrote and written this like days before. It's like, okay, hold on a second, baby. They are poems. They are poems. <laughs> right yeah so not everything right. in them is literally true sometimes right some of those lines or the direction the poem takes is because um let's put it this way it rhymed you know yeah so like yeah. is there a true feeling and an authenticity that runs throughout the structure of the lyric and the poem yes but maybe it takes a sharp left turn after the first sentence because that's where the rhyme goes. And then you just have a series of images and feelings that you can relate to, but don't have anything to do with where you're at at present. You know, like you can yeah. write a string of dark lyrics or poems that have, well, you're in the happiest of states and totally content, but you wrote a bunch of dark ass shit just because 
you opened up a channel to that in your being but it's, it has nothing to do with where you were at like i wasn't going through some stage of longing and loss and mourning at all at all right even though i wrote right. a series of 30 40 poems and sonnets that i put online right. that did have to do with that theme i don't know i was just I, I was at a structural phase of poetic writing where that theme was fun to explore. And sometimes it's yeah. fun to explore themes of darkness and loss and suffering and longing, especially when you're not in that state at all. Yes, it's true. Yeah, it, it's wild that we can tap into that. But as musicians, you know, I feel like everybody who plays music has to have some type of inerrant magical inclinations to be able to do that, you know? otherwise yeah. otherwise all you're doing is making a series of vibrations and in some sense it's hard for somebody who isn't like as artistically oriented to take things like poetry or like music or stuff because it, it there's there's a bit of a language barrier i guess because that that type of meaning is way more felt than it is like than it is like you know re reasoned with yes Yes. I can't wait for you to go into practice, dude. I want, I want to see you watery. Yeah, I actually do too. And I actually think it's not going to be too far from now, especially since I've just got back on the path of alchemical progression. Uh, had a, had a few, had a few wild bumps in the road, uh, had some stagnation, but, uh, but I'm seeing some slow, but sure progress again. So dude, that's I'm, the orcas, I'm, man. That's, that's the air. That's the air grade all the way yeah yeah like I, I, um, knew, I i knew that was gonna happen that was potentially like i have six planets in error okay six planets yeah. in error three in aquarius mars mercury sun and three in libra jupiter saturn and and uh uranus so i i knew i could mm. be in trouble so i buckled down so hardcore in theoricus and i made sure i only spent three months in that grade I just like, yes. I just like blasted through it, and then practicus, oh, of course, yes. water, water. I have zero planets in water, so that fucked me up the ass. I was just like, yeah. oh my! I was like crying multiple times a day, crying and crying and crying. If it wasn't for the the meditation of grade on Mercury, I would have been dead, man. But uh, that's what got me into the dark night and all this other stuff, and mysticism came in. Practicus, you also get to do a lot of the hardcore magic stuff, but you're probably working with yeah. Tatwas, right? Are you working with Tatwas? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yes, I am. Is I've only just the theory or the practice as well. The practice. Yeah, you get to practice Tatwas. Yeah, I've it's mostly been theory so far, but I have been experimenting with the Earth Tatva. There's a new theory coming along that a bunch of us are promoting, as well as a, a seven equals four adept who went through Yeshi's order. Um, he he and he's convinced me and others I think thinking along the same lines that maybe in the future GD orders should introduce Tatwa scrying in neophyte like of the spirit Tatwa and then like in earth like you know and or like even here's a here's an idea what if in neophyte you start scrying this would extend neophyte of course and like for those who want to go through the grades fast like Crowley did yeah you can't do any of this work that, that all the modern orders do um you gotta save all, right. all that for five six but like fuck that you go <laughs> so in neophyte what if in neophyte you scry all the five elemental tatwas and then in each of the grades you scry all the sub elements of that grades tatwa so in theoricus you would scry 
all the sub-elemental tatwas of air. And you know, Whoa. and then that would be because otherwise, otherwise you wow. have all this tatwa work to do in a short amount of time if you're gonna do all the sub-elemental ones. Because when you scry a tatwa, yeah. you don't scry it once, you want to scry it at least five to ten times in a grade at the minimum. But most people, yes. most people uh, skimp out on that and, and do the bare minimum because it's introduced so late. So the theory is by this fratter who who's one of the few who's gone through a seven equals all the way up through seven four, which you know our order, our, the, you know your order and my the order I was in, like they didn't even they don't even do those ceremonies because they're Stella Matutina, they're not Alpha and Omega, and we're more, yeah. we're a bit more Alpha and Omega in our structure, as in like five six is the top grade and everyone's five six and everyone's equal um and then anything beyond that is sort of personal or maybe things have changed since then but i don't know it doesn't really matter um but the idea of scrying earlier on i think makes a lot of sense i like that idea um even yates for his order of celtic mysteries has in the earliest grade possible the act the uh, scrying of tatwas um brought in because i think he recognized this is something that is more important than people give it credit for um most of the work we do as adepts is involves scrying and why why are people why are people not really taught how to scry until practicus it doesn't make sense yeah that sounds like it would be actually pretty beneficial to actually have a systematic approach to taught was because it it does feel a bit overwhelming and um I, and of course i i'm not in anyone to you know to, to say what should or shouldn't be in there being a theoricist but i know in my in my uh temple we actually i'm able to do four out of the five taught was i don't even believe we're supposed to mess with the spirit one or no. the sub elements until like way later yeah you're supposed to in your order if my memory serves you should you're in theoricus you can work everything up to theoricus as mm -hmm. yeah you see it really wasn't struck it's not to the it remains poorly structured it remains poorly yeah. structured um yeah so ramses if you're listening i don't know update update like what about the five basic tots was in neophyte then in zelator the the sub-elemental tot was of prithivi right and then so on and so forth all the way up through portal that makes so much sense like that would be such an elegant mechanic and an outline for tatua working and does it jump the gun into scrying yeah but why not why not it's not like it's not like we're expecting students to puncture into the macrocosm necessarily until portal but even scrying within the microcosm is still valuable because the two things are basically the same at the end of the day they're not the same they are the same but they're not same same but different yep. <laughs> yeah interesting yeah what, well that would be the, an interesting the, change up to the system it would be an innovation right and uh, i don't know it, i think changing uh, all the time oh yeah and i think there is the thing i like about the golden dawn is that it really does seem like there is room for just progression like a lot i know it's changed a lot oh, they're, they're changing all the time they're they're evolving it's it's never stopped evolving like it was evolving yeah. back in the day right yep you can see mm -hmm. yates making notes about these tattoos being scribed by his order of celtic mysteries and you can see other adepts in his diaries noting that 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 path working should not be permitted for anyone outside of the rr at ac and 
Yeah. You can tell he's about, he's, he's ignoring that. The other depths who made that note are like, yo, this is the rule. And he's like, he doesn't give a shit. Honey badger. Don't, don't care. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, we're, uh, we're and, doing... and, and he had, he had Mather's blessing on pretty much everything more or less. Cause they were, you know, eh, everyone knows, everyone knows what the deal was. If they don't read some books. You know, you know, if you don't, you don't. Yeah, like Yeats was pretty, uh, I mean, he was definitely the most famous, famous member. He was then and he still is now. You know, it's really, unlike Crowley, he just didn't, you know, make a, make a cult around himself. He, he was too busy uh, <laughs> winning the Nobel Prize. <laughs> right. <laughs> if, you, if you can't oh, win the Nobel Prize, you may as well start your own religion and call yourself the Great Beast. But some people are interested oh in real gosh. world, real world accomplishments. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, Yates became one of the first senators of Ireland. His Kel his Celtic Mysteries Order was devised to free Ireland from the English. And what happened? Ireland became freed from the English. Yeah, all except for six counties. Right. Well, I say hashtag more more famous people in the Golden Dawn because I. Maybe maybe Grey Path will catch on soon, and maybe maybe I can uh, go up there and, and eat fame and be another another member of the Golden Dawn that's got a bit of public outreach. Uh, you know, I really wouldn't hope that the be Golden amazing. Dawn, I hope the Golden Dawn doesn't ever become famous. It, it it needs to stay like even like the deriding of it is actually useful because at the same time it's it's good for people to realize that it is sort of like Hogwarts. It's like you're not going to get a better introduction. I have so many friends who are like, it's inferior, who, who tell me it's inferior to AA and OTO. But then if you go talk to people in the AA and OTO, they don't know their shit usually. Like talk to, talk to Marco Visconti. He's like, look, they don't teach you jack anything. And when I lived at an OTO oasis, when I was 29, not, not when I was 10, that was fucked up. Um, when I was 29, like they were like the AA adepts were like, please teach our OTO members because we don't know how to. That's what they said. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I, I have very so so very the OTO and the AA are like religions. They're lifelong fraternities, and they're and I'm really a fan. I'm a fan that they exist. I'm really glad that they exist. There's these magical communities that do these cool rituals, yeah. and and they, they seem I, cool as fuck. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. But even yeah. Frater Yeshi, Frater Yeshi started in the OTO. A lot of people don't know that. He went all the way through all of that Crowley stuff. And what did it lead him to? The Golden Dawn. That's what he had. Nice. And he's like, yeah. okay. He's, after mastering everything in the OTO and the AA, he's like, okay, clearly I need to become one of the most important people in the, the Golden Dawn world because this other yeah. stuff is, is just, it's not Hogwarts. Right. And, you know, so right. there's, there's this common knowledge that we have and you can, you can, you can go through it relatively quickly in the golden dawn. And that's, that's this value that it still has that um, that's where it's getting a short shrift. That's where it's really getting it. Yeah. You know, getting a misunderstood. It's, it's still yeah. seen as this, uh, well, you know, no surprise with people like David Griffin and, Oh yeah, you know Voldemort out there, and and then like you know Martin Zaleski's crazy shit. So like that's all it's all messed up stuff. Yes. There's a lot of people 
fucking up the name and fucking up the tradition and getting on like you know, fascist about yeah. it. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're all, they're, we don't need of, the stuff online. They're all bickering about the proper way to do things. It's like, dude, why aren't you just encouraging magic? Right. Right. It's like, you know, if you if you feel like you have a suggestion of meaningfully contribute, go ahead and do that. But, you know, dip out afterwards and go back to magical praxis because uh, the bickering is better left in the in the hyper religious fundamentalist realm than uh, than the Golden Dawn realm, dude. I, I'd really like to see a little a lot of the uh, gatekeeping die down a little bit. Well, or not even the gatekeeping, just just the the debate over, you know, the objective way to do it quote unquote yeah well all those gatekeepers are so busy on facebook they don't have time to run orders yeah yeah it's true yeah you know um and it's like the people who are just reading magical books rather than practicing magical practice um yeah they're 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 not they're not doing the work um yeah that's that's why it's, it's nice that the golden dawn's a little bit still chastised because it leaves it get it gets them left alone to just like the orders just to do their thing to to they just need to focus on their students yeah i agree the uh the golden dawn was was a pretty obvious choice to me when i first started looking into magical orders um i was heavily i, I was kind of like the reverse of you i knew jack shit about magic until like after psychedelics which is way later on in my life like probably say i say way later on in my life i'm 27 now i'm I'll probably say around like age 18 19 i really didn't know jack shit about magic didn't even really know it was like a seriously considered thing just kind of thought it was like a conspiracy theory that christians came up with <laughs> but uh but after that i got into chaos magic heavily and then quickly found out like everything i was drawn to like Every type of magical symbol that I utilized or practiced that I was drawn to, I, I looked up where it came from and, and like everything I was drawn to <laughs> led back to the Golden Dawn. I was like, okay, so it's not a question. You know, I, I looked at AA, I looked at OTO, and even, you know, a lot of their stuff seemed to be directly traceable back to the Golden Dawn system. So, yeah. And the, and the people were great, you know, you, you call and they actually set up like a phone orientation and stuff. And like, I don't know, I, I was pretty sold on it. And I've, I'm very happy in the order, man. That's awesome. That's really awesome. I mean, that, that was my story. I mean, I spun my wheels uh, through Wicca and Druidry and, and, uh, and Don Craig's Modern Magic for years. And uh, by, yeah. the, by the old age of 15, I bucked up and it's like, okay, time to join the order and yep. get real training and i'm so glad i did well I, I was very lucky as i've said many times um i had you know good temple run, run run by good adepts and they had nothing to do with like and there's really no outside influence really um that, yeah a lot of people think people overhype uh zinky poo's influence they people think that he had more influence than he did and certainly yeah. after my time he had uh I don't know. They kept doing. Yeah, there was weird shit, but that's all. That's all well documented on the Esoteric Nerd podcast by my dear buddy Edward. He documented. Oh yeah, great. The, he documented the latter days of of that order and all the shit before it split out into Fellowship of the Golden Dawn, Golden, which was Europe in England, Golden Dawn Universum, which was 
LA and America and Canada. Yeah. And then of course, Golden Dawn Collegium Spiritus Sancti, which was, you know, Alex and, and the Pata people who, uh, yeah, I was a big supporter of theirs when they were coming up because people were trying to hold them back. And, you know, I was definitely a fan of the, that, that movement. And, and I talked to Augie. I, he joined the year that, that the schism happened between Canada and America, August and Reyes. And I've done two podcasts right. now. He's great. He, he's hardcore doing David Heimsmith's work now. So that's awesome. But yeah, but uh, I'll, and I work with one of their ex members in town here, Raven. I work with her um, because she got, she, she got sort of left by the wayside due to their lack of attention to their members online, which is, is an ongoing problem with magical orders across the board are not paying they don't know how to facilitate their members online sufficiently and that's where i think there's this movement of independent people like myself and jason miller and uh um you know jason louve jason is it jason miller jason louve and jason augustus newcomb oh my god there's three jasons <laughs> that's there's, amazing there's a dark trinity of jasons the Trinity of Jasons. That's really true, isn't it? Because Jason Miller, his name's Jason Miller, right? I have no clue, my man. Dude, Jason, I'm not sure who you're referring to. Jason Miller of Strategic Sorcery. Um, Jason, oh my God, it's three Jasons. That's fucking hilarious. That's amazing. The secret then, order of Jason. Then you have Jacqueline and the Correa. Correa. Oh, yeah. Is this, it's, 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 Queer, queerea, queerea, queerea. So you got her, and then there's a bunch of there's tons, there's tons, like there's just so many. So all those people, we're sort of able to experiment in ways that the orders can't experiment because the orders are like tentative because of safety and vows. I mean, there's a there's mm -hmm. a there's a much more stringent, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, yeah. They they're more careful about who they let in these days, right? Post post David Griffin and yeah. Robert Zink. Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. The reason the reason the Golden Dawn International or Homsey got became the largest in history was because there was no stringentness of of entry. It was just fill out the form, sign the vow, send in a couple hundred bucks, you're in, and astrally initiated fly out to the next physical initiation you can if you want to advance that was the way we grew and can you imagine if we had allowed we didn't let oto people in if we had allowed oto people in it would have gotten too big to fail zinc would have made so much money so much money he would have like you know he was already making stupid money just from tithes from adepts who had good jobs and if oh, yeah. they let oto that was his biggest mistake was being just too anti-Crowley like you know and I I, I, wow. I don't I love being anti-Crowley I mean it's it's the funnest thing I do with my day it's that time of the day <laughs> where I, I go to my dartboard and throw darts at Crowley's no I don't do that I, I you know obviously <laughs> you know I'm joking no. but the great, the great beast I mean he, he created this magical religion that that is so uh it's so golden dawn and so not golden dawn and all these people love it and it's really popular and that's so wonderful and we just need to uh we need to be humans with each other right we need to like 
just like you know me and me and me and me and josh we're like rufus opus we're like you know we're we're becoming mm-hmm. friends what the fuck yep. what the fuck right what the fuck there was, there was been a some... time 20 years ago i would have been expelled for have if if anyone had known i was talking to anyone in the oto right things have changed we've come a long way they have we uh i was actually talking to one of our uh, members the other day it's a newer member who is actually in both the aa and our order at the same time so no way yeah no way dude good for you guys and um i i've noticed there's some like literature being published like um like stuff like the light extended and stuff like that where like i forget all there was tons of authors in that book i think we even talked about that last time but i remember reading a section in there about like like what's up with the crowley thing what or crowley i don't i don't know how you pronounce his last name do you know what he said he said if you think me holy call me crowley he said if you think me foully call me crowley Oh, okay. Crowley. That, to- <laughs> that's, yeah, no, right. That's why Golden Dog people all call him Crowley. <laughs> like Crowley. Oh my well, I, I, I switch it up, man. I switch it up. Like I say, Crowley, Crowley, Enochian, yes. Enochian, uh, tomato, tomato. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, or my favorite. My, my- What's, wait, no, I forgot. Continue. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think what I got out of that, I'd have to reread the section because it's been a minute since I've read the book, but I, I keep, I, I've seen it. It seemed like it was talking very fondly of like OTO members and like the, uh, the importance of like not being uh, like a magical gatekeeper and essentially being like, there are some differences in the systems for sure, but not any unreconcilable like differences that can like not make us like communicate and like be actively working together in like uh context and stuff and i thought that was very cool to see in like published literature you know absolutely um i want to touch on that but can we take a pp break yeah yeah go for it dude we all right so yeah that very interesting uh the thing about oto thelema you just got to treat it like the, if you're in the gd and you're thelema you got to treat it like your religion right yeah like you can be a mormon in the golden dawn but you can't yep. talk about joseph smith or or, right. or or the moronic angel or angel moroni sorry slip of the tongue <laughs> i'm not defaming yeah. that which is sacred in another eyes i'm just making a joke um and not against the holy spirit so we're all good but yeah like if you're if you whatever your religion is sort of like yeah you know just that's the thing so so it sounds like you guys are recognizing that finally the golden dawn is it recognizing seems like it yeah 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 because because mm-hmm. yep. people should if 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 the lemur is your religion and crowley is your saint there that's not a reason why you shouldn't be allowed to go to hogwarts right i agree dude yeah. like you can uh just like you can have you know your orthodox christians or your your um neo-pagans orthodox jews or neo-pagans such as myself you're, you're big into the orthodox eh <laughs> not quite no. no not quite i do you're, come from a baptist just, background you're so you're a baptist kid who's practicing neo-pagan yeah but yeah and you're and but you, but golden dawn's your thing now see 
you've it's you've appropriate. just you've gone to Hogwarts, man. That's like the only place to be. And it's like it's like, hey, but isn't a lot of people? I've seen people posting recently online about like Golden Dawn is just a way to get you into fundamentalist Christianity because it's all about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Like, yeah, except oh. for the whole fact that the entire adept initiation in five six is all based around like Osiris mythology. So I'm not right. sure how. So like, as you're getting initiated into the Rosen Cross. The primary symbol is Osiris. I'm not sure yeah. how how much evangel. I'm not sure what your Baptist minister would think of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I imagine not too fondly. Yeah, right. Like the real <laughs> fundamentalist Christians might have a problem with being like soul Osiris slain and risen. They might not be down with that. Yes, or the Egyptian god forms in the outer, even you know. <laughs> or like all of it just or all of it all of it like or you know magic astrology the whole nine yards it's like this i'm gonna do this prayer working of thaumaturgy for you but first let me consult my tarot cards oh my gosh it's like dude it's like the tarot cards are a sin it's like well then why did the catholic church invent them invent yeah exactly Yes. They didn't really invent them, but let's face it, the first deck had three trump cards called Faith, Hope, and Charity. Pretty fucking Christian. Oh, take, yeah. Take that, you gypsies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oops. I know. I said the G word. <laughs> Dude, I had, I had Osset Gypsy on my podcast, and my friends, like, my friends were like, Celeste were like, dude how can he even have that name he's getting canceled i'm like i don't think he's gotten any hassle about that he just put out a tarot deck osset gypsy great guy great guy um and his tarot deck's fucking awesome it's like semi-autobiographical which is what a great way to do a tarot you want to talk about like you know adepts are meant to color in or draw their own tarot decks talk about a serious adept act which is doing a tarot deck that is relevant to everyone yet still channeled in some way through your autobiography can you imagine telling your your life story through tarot cards but in a way that is relevant to everyone who looks at it that is a that is adepthood that's masterwork are you there or you're muted you're muted what happened let me check can you hear me did you mute yourself by accident <laughs> i might have but I if i did so. I have no clue how I unmuted myself. I wish I had some mushrooms right now. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Uh, I actually answered you, but I have forgotten by now what my answer was. Oh, I was just saying, like, yeah, adepts were meant to draw their own tarot cards oh, yeah. back in the day. But, like, the only way to do better than that would be to produce a commercial tarot deck that tells your own autobiographical story through the tarot, but yet in a way that that tarot deck is still relevant and shows specified insights to everyone who looks at it. That is a true adept work. Yes. True adept work and so, true so, artistry. Yeah. So, so, you know, Osset Gypsy, who was on my podcast, great interview. You should listen to that. Um, yeah. He, he remarkable guy, remarkable guy, but yet his name has gypsy in it. So Celeste yeah, and yeah. Sabrina, they, like they almost got canceled over the whole gypsy word because it's a bad word um apparently according and and tarot we, none of us are meant to use tarot except for except for romani people with romani blood yeah. they're the only ones allowed to use tarot but like 
so a bunch of these people who are getting canceled because they're just white bitches getting canceled for appropriating tarot um a bunch of them asked me like what's the history of the tarot as you see it like well the originally three of the trump cards were not as we knew it there was 18 trumps and three of them were faith hope and charity so that doesn't sound very romany gypsy to me that sounds pretty fucking roman catholic and yes the, the history is well covered so so what you have is people selectively editing history so that they can browbeat other people online and cancel them yeah yeah it's a and, sad and, state and of you affairs know, I'm, I'm a fan of canceling white people i think everyone who's white should be canceled obviously i think that like come on look in the mirror you're shit if you're white you're shit i know this every time i look in the mirror i see how white i am i'm like you piece of shit you white piece trash cracker motherfucker <laughs> however I can't change the fact that I'm white, so I have to find a way to get along with the world, even though I'm a white man. Well, some, right. days, some days I'm a white woman because I fluctuate based on my environment, um, you know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, hey, if I'm at a gym and there's a sexy woman going in the change room, maybe I become a woman temporarily, like Naruto, and need to go in there, you know, male presenting otherwise. <laughs> Oh my I goodness! Know this whole podcast is like an exercise in what I can say without getting canceled, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's an experiment, dude. Let's see how far you can push the edges. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to lose my income. Come on, guys! Oh my gosh, that's amazing. No, but I'm I'm a little tired of the silliness, like uh, the whole they them thing. Like uh, seriously, I'm I'm just it's a little exhausting. Like because I've found more and more instances where I can't understand what someone's saying. And like I spend like 15 mm-hmm. minutes of an hour long conversation re- misunderstanding the person because they're being appropriate to the they, them people. And I'm like, wait, I thought mm-hmm. you're talking about this group of people. And they're like, no, this is one person. I'm like, well, who is it? They're like, they. I'm like, who? And they're like, you know, them, the person I'm talking about. I'm like, which person? And then they name the person. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. What? What, are, what are we saying? And then it's like, like first they take our words then they take our meaning that's what george orwell said oh, right? the orwell quote yeah i mean it's, yeah, it's 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 a nonsense it gets to nonsense at a certain point it's like i'm sorry we need language and if you want to speak in gender neutral neutral language fucking learn german and stop bitching about english i'll talk to you in german <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> German to get aggressive I've done that with quick. people on podcasts. I've been like, I've switched to German when they want to go gender neutral and they don't understand what I'm saying. I'm like, that's your fault because you don't speak German because you're racist. <laughs> oh my goodness. The tables have turned. Du musst oh, Deutsch no, sprechen, mein Führer, ja. Oh my gosh, that sounds so aggressive. Well, yeah, I'm, I, I, I just referred to the Führer. <laughs> hell yeah 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 it, the, the, the trans trans things interesting. do you know what the german word is for tank i do not that's one word yeah so there i saw this cool comic once i saw a, a little comic ad and so the comic showed an american tank rolling up on a german tank in world war ii and the american character had a word bubble and it's like, look, a German tank. And then it shows you the German tank officer speaking. He's like, schau, eine Amerikanische Schutzangaben für Nichtungs. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's an amazing meme. That's a great joke, right? I think I, yes. I, I think that was in actually a linguistics textbook I had in college. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean Your obviously, were they, meme, obviously they shortened the the word to panzer. Panzer. So like oh right, right. Because right. it's all a compound where Schutzengraben, like grave digging. Schutzengraben Vernichtungs, uh, grave digging, nothing making, Panzerkraftwagen, uh, like shell, like a turtle shell or a shell force vehicle. A grave digging, nothing making, shelled force vehicle is the German word for tank. Wow. Yeah, Schutzengraben Vernichtungs, Panzerkraftwagen. They put some thought behind that. They are clever people, those Germans. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, they, that's why we hired, that's why your country hired them to run NASA. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a thing. That's a thing. Yep. Hashtag paperclip. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to explain this to my mom the other day when we were watching a, a, some sort of movie about uh, the first uh, test pilots that uh, went became, uh, you know, NASA spacemen. The first test mm-hmm. pilots. It was an old movie that just got like re-released on Prime as if it was new, but it's not. What's it called? First Men? First Men. Right. right stuff. The right stuff. And it was really good. It's like a bunch of amazing actors. Fucking Jeff Goldblum's in it as a minor character. You know, it's back in the day and it's an awesome movie when Jeff Goldblum is like a B-level actor in that movie because it's so old. <laughs> the Grandmaster, baby. It's the Grandmaster. Who are, who are some of your favorite actors? Bro, I'm the worst with actor names, man. Oh, shit, I watch no the way. movies. Uh, yeah. Okay, I watch top, the movies. I see the faces. Top bands. Top bands. Oh, yeah. God. Let's see. Give me some There's Desert some... Island shit. Desert Island shit. My, if, I, if I'm going a more modern route, I would say Bring Me the Horizon is a fucking great band. Bring Me the Horizon. Noted. Yes. Okay. Um, their new shit's amazing. I love Sleep Token. They're so gonna have, you got to name some bands I might know. Oh shit! Sleep Token. That's gonna be hard to do. Bring me the Horizon. Sleep Token. You fucker. I'm not that old. <laughs> just, just, just like you know. Think, think pre millennial. Oh God. Pretend you <sighs> can grow facial hair. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can. I can go a, a hot bit, a hot amount. Because you're from Alabama, son. Yeah, or boy, men, I tell men. you, we're, boy, I tell we're you. bearded lumber. We only come in one form. That's bearded lumberjack, boy. <laughs> you could be like you're half Canadian already, <laughs> right? You, so, do you guys get part. snow in the winter in Alabama, bro? We have like, or like very rarely. Snow? Yeah, so like Texas style. Yeah. 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 It's get, very rare, but it has happened a few times. Yeah. It once in a while it has to happen so your senators have an excuse to leave the country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You like that? Canadian made an American joke. Oh my gosh. Hey man, I, I, I watch all the, the, the mainstream media in America, like Tim Poole and Luke Rudkowski. Oh no. And and, and uh <laughs> And uh, and that that Canadian American who's like the most famous mainstream guy. What's his name? I don't know. He has a mug club. 
Mark Crowder. Oh yeah, he's I love him. He's fucking insane. That 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 is an example of a Canadian gone all kinds of wrong. Like he's a Canadian <laughs> who thinks he's an American. Yeah, it's and, true. And he like uh, where's a oh my god, it's so. But yet he's entertaining. Like I watch shit that makes he's, me laugh. If I anytime he's the I'm prove watching, me wrong meme guy. Yeah, so like I have two modes. I have magical and academic study mode, and then I have you better make me laugh mode, right? And so like yes. that's why like I consume like the two main political things I consume probably online are Jimmy Dore and Mug Club guy, what Stephen Crowder. So I watch I'll watch I'll watch maybe thirty minutes of Stephen Crowder in a week and maybe an hour of Jimmy Dore because they're so extreme. They're so extreme. That's- and 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 right. they're they're citing shit that no one else talks about. Like anytime you watch the mainstream media, you're just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But you watch these extreme guys, and you yes. know you're getting actual information that actual people care about. It's just on very yeah. extreme fringes, um, right? You know? but the mainstream stuff, I don't buy it at all. I don't buy right. it for a second. Oh my gosh. <laughs> If you if you like to look at political extreme content and laugh, this is going to be very this is going to be very mal- actually this I'm is an occultist. Borderline. Everything I like is extreme. Okay, yes, bro. Have you seen drag on YouTube? No, no, <laughs> it's, no. I, I'm it's, turned off by YouTube these days because gotcha. they pretty much only recommend to me things I've already seen. I'll refresh the page oh, yeah, twenty yeah. times. And it's all stuff I've already watched. I'm like, what are you not getting about the refresh button? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, no, it happens to me too. It happens to me too. It's like red but, lines across the page. No matter. Yeah. And I'm paying for premium. What the fuck? That costs oh, 20 right. bucks a month in Canada. 20 bucks a oh, month, see. which is like th- a thousand hours of work a month for 20 bucks. <laughs> and all you're right. showing me is stuff I've already watched. Fuck that. <laughs> Yeah, fuck that noise. No, YouTube is a cesspool. I, I, I agree 100%. Yeah. But look, man, this, this one content creator, he makes a web series called Centricide. Um, he plays every single character. He plays every extremist. So he, he plays like an ANCAP. He'll play like a communist. And they all team up to kill the centrist. <laughs> and it is hilarious. Um, it's got a full storyline and everything. And it's it's some funny shit to laugh at, dude. Okay, yeah, you'll have to you'll have to link me that because I won't remember. Um, okay. Oh my god, that, I will. that's so good. I, I could really use some recommendations though. I get a lot, but uh, but 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 I trust you. So okay, okay. Because you're you're yes from Alabama. Yeah, yeah of course, Alabama, so. son. So what's weird about being from Alabama and a neo pagan is everything. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more it's it's literally well this is this is the appropriate path one takes when they're brought up baptist and get kicked out of church and called a demon okay so were you which kind of baptist were you were you the kind of baptist that dances or the kind that doesn't raise their arms the kind that doesn't raise their arms yeah yeah see most people would be most people for a second there on the who are listening are probably like what the fuck did he just say and you knew exactly what i meant Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, That's yeah. a seminary thing, baby. There's two kinds of Baptists: ones that dance a lot, and the other kind that won't even raise their fucking arms. 
it's true it's very true this one was a very very much the latter not yeah the so not southern all. baptist convention you know who i like you know who i like td jakes who's that bishop td jakes oh my god actually zinky zinky got me into him and i fucking love him i love his pre i i, I love all kinds of preachers all kinds of preachers and and he's just he's just a black preacher of a baptist church in the south and he i just like his style he's like got holy spirit power holy spirit oh, yeah. holy spirit mm-hmm. jesus i love that shit man cuz it's it's <laughs> pneumatic it's i you can feel there's actual spirit of life moving through these people when they're oh, yeah. preaching whatever like when they're 100%. like they're like you you parents out there who think your kids are adults and therefore you don't have to care about them anymore. I tell you, you're still a parent when your child is 20. You're still a parent when your child is 30. Your spirit, you're still a parent when your child is 45. You're still a parent when you're dead and your child is in the grave. You're a parent forever because Jesus Christ said, I'm your father, you know, and they just go off and you're just like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Right. You're my fucking parent. Fuck it, I love you. Oh my God. So, yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Okay, everyone, pass the hat and give me your money. It's like, God bless you. <laughs> oh man, have you considered being a Southern Baptist preacher as a as a, your second job, dude? Jesus. You're really good at it. Well, growing up, my parents always said that I should be a, become a preacher or a lawyer. Um, and I became a priest. So uh, you you never saw me preaching in in an episcopal church every sunday but i did i oh, used to shit. like my yeah man i was i'm fucking you know i'm not one of these internet ordained priests i'm a priest priest and i preached i gave homilies sermons in churches every sunday for years wow. yeah saint augustine's hmm. that's where i was trained and then i was the director of youth ministries for the anglican church of canada and uh that was my whole life for a long time Interesting. I yeah. might would have gone that route if I wasn't, you know, subsequently kicked out of church and, and what have you. But shit, that set me on a different path for sure. I was up at a... Uh, well, it was great to have trip. keys to a church so I could go there and record with my band at night or do ritual work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? <laughs> Good acoustics. No lie, dude. I had keys to my to the Baptist church I went to and me and, uh, and the youth group would go there at night and just jam out. Nice. In my life, you are the spirit. Recreate and break your fire to shake away. You know that one? Oh, I don't think my I do. stubborn no. rebellion. Recreate me day by day. Hey! Or wait, wait, my favorite one. I've got a Celtic version that's like, like, oh, wait, I can't remember it. Go ahead. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm trading I was tell my you. sorrow. I'm trading my oh, shame. Yeah. I'm laying it down for the grace of the Lord. Yep. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. You know? That's definitely I'm a familiar one. Soul. So there's a Celtic version of that I got on a CD at Regent College, this conservative Christian college I used to go to sometimes. That's where yeah. we'd go to the bookstore there just to hang out with Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. Eck, he was he's a lonely guy man that guy's a lonely dude he would hang out at that bookstore all day long waiting for seminarians to talk to and so we'd go hang out Gosh. with Eckhart Tolle and this Celtic version has like illin pipes Irish bagpipes 
and all these other Celtic instruments. And I'm like, tomorrow I'm going to do a whole live stream of Celtic music for like way too long. Damn, that makes you want to have social media again. I want to tune into that. Well, yeah, you should. Um, you should tune into that. I'm going to play my fucking bagpipes. Oh, yes, dude. Yeah. I want to learn bagpipes. Well, bagpipes are easy. We ever. Illin pipes are incredibly hard. The Oxford English Dictionary oh. considers the Illin pipes the hardest instrument in the world to play. Are you are you a producer yourself? I know that's like out of left field, but no, yeah, no. Actually, um, I wanted to ask you about your your album. I, yeah, I produce my a lot of my own stuff, but I I work with good engineers and people who know their shit, right? Like everyone I work like my guitarist is Gunter Schultz from KMFDM. He lives just down the yeah. street from me. I've known him for twenty years. He Would does my you? guitar work. I I go hang out with him. You know, he's he's the one. He tried to stop me from getting into music. He said to me in 2003, he's like, I think you should not play music because look at me. I was pop star and now I do computer graphics. I'm like, but I'm like, but you also just finished it like a tour with Fear Factory. He's like, yeah, but whatever. <laughs> it's not whatever, <laughs> like, man. It's not whatever, man. No, well, like everyone in the world, any musician in the world would fly to any city in the world to, to guest spot at a concert with Gunter fucking Schultz, right? Yeah. If I was like, yo, you could fly to Vancouver next week and your band could play and Gunter Schultz would be a guest guitarist in your band, oh, you, yes. you would find a way. You'd find a way because it would be a career maker. Literally, yeah. it would be I'd a be like, career maker. That video would, would get say, Babe, millions of views, make you tens of thousands of dollars, and all you'd have to do is fly to Vancouver during COVID. No big deal. No big deal. Professional yeah. requirements would let you pass our security. You'd get in. And he's down. Yes. He's down. And that's, you know, I've known him for forever. But like, so these guys are, are all there and you work with them and you're friends with them sometimes. Um, and, and I always work with the best people I know, right? That's any musician knows this. You always yeah. work with the best people you know. If you're, if you're you don't want to be the best guy in the room. Anyone who wants to be the best performer or the best engineer in the room still hasn't figured it out. Like, you know, this, they're missing. Right? We, the point. we all know. Yeah. Yeah. They're missing. The yeah. Point. No. Like you always want to be the worst guy in the room. You always yeah. want to be the worst it's guy true. in the room. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. You want Cause you play, you play better when you're around better musicians, you actually perform yep. better because all your sense, your whole being becomes like Highlander focused on the single point in space and time, like fucking meditation one. You're like, oh my God, I have to do my absolute best so that these guys don't like, just give me that exhausted look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's, it's a wild motivator. One of my buddies, he's a drummer. Warunki, Chris Warunki, like I've seen him sit down for sessions with bands without having heard the, the, the scratch tracks in advance. And as soon as the song starts, he knows what to do and he does it in one take the whole drums. Oh, that's beautiful, dude. That's dude, awesome. It's that's next level shit, right? Mm -hmm. But those guys are it out is. there and they are completely available. The best, the thing you want is you don't want to work with people you have no relationship with though, right? You want, you still can't, you can't just hire willy-nilly off fucking fiber you gotta you, you yeah then they're, then they're they're not gonna 
there's an energy. You want the energy. You need to be in the same room. You need to have that energy. You need to work over things a few times to get it right. But that's yeah. what I look for with the people I work with. I like, do we groove? And groove is not just a metronomic function. It's a spiritual function. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, 100%. So you were asking me something about music and I had, that reminded me of questions I had with you about music. What were you asking me? Yeah. Oh, I was just asking. Um, I think it would actually be dope if you had any means of tracking bagpipes. I mean, shit, I could actually send over some demos of our newer stuff and we could actually use a we could we might could work up a, a feature or something because it'd be dope to have a song with some Celtic instruments in it or some yeah, a Celtic. Yeah. Film. Well, I'm about like I'm, I've been recording. Apparently, apparently people are shocked. I just found out the other week that people are shocked to learn that, that all my podcast has all well my podcast got it was originally recorded really on a phone on on a phone because my computers had died and i couldn't <clears> use it uh, both my computers died in power surges during the california fires and then i was recording my podcast on an iphone 5 using anchor <clears> and that was shit as fuck but like now i now i record my podcast through this just an apple headset that's what I use now. That's what I've been using. But I do run it through GarageBand for I, like 30 seconds in GarageBand. I know how to tweak EQs, work with gates, push lows and highs and mids. I can make it sound better. But, but I am getting a mic. I'm getting a good mic. So I'm getting a, mm. like a shitty mic. A shitty mic in music is less than $1,000, right? Oh, yeah. And a, yeah. And a good mic is over $5,000. Then there's this whole range in between. That basically is a waste yeah. of money. So you may as well yeah, spend, yeah. <laughs> you may as well spend five hundred to a thousand dollars, or get a U eighty seven. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like if you don't yeah. have a U eighty seven, you may as well use headphone mics. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> it's not true, but it's got truthiness. Yeah, uh, as far as vocals, there's a little bit more wiggle room, but instrument uh, yes. recording stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Well, for those listening, a U87 is what Britney Spears would use. It's what, you know, you'd have two of them above Danny Carey's drum cymbals. But but yeah. uh, it's not necessarily the right thing for every singer's voice. Like, right. you know, and I, I, list, I, use, I listen to myself on a blue, a blue mic, a $7,000 mm-hmm. blue mic. Not, not one of mm-hmm. these, not a $500 one, but a $7,000 one. And I actually liked my voice more on the U87, more on the, on the blue, right. the 7K blue than the U87. U87 oh, okay. is a generic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, U87 is, I think in the States, you can get one for 3, 4K. Um, but but a, yeah. there's the blue, especially like uh, there's different sub-genres of blue, blue mics. There's, of course. There's, there's $6,000, $7,000 ones that are crazy. Like, have you ever listened to music on like a, a Sennheiser, like pair of headsets? Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah. like I, no, I mean like a, like a, like a, I mean like cans that cost like eight hundred dollars. You mean like headphones that cost eight hundred dollars? Yeah. I have not. No, not not. Okay. Some, some, no. some of these brands make like seven, eight, nine hundred dollar head cans, set of cans, and if you hear like Zeppelin or some of these well mixed bands on eight hundred dollar cans dude you've a whole new like oh yeah like it's like fucking taking dmt you're entering into the sonic landscape and like you just close your eyes and you're like oh my god everything is separate but also playing together 
Yeah, yeah. Everything's in its own frequency range, but it, it, it harmonizes so well. Yeah, I see what you mean. Fuck yeah. Like, I, I regret to this day never buying one of those seven eight hundred dollars sets of headphones that 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 you can get oh yeah you, get, you can get them and i don't know why i yeah. never did it was foolishness sheer foolishness because like music it's just it doesn't sound like anything else like you haven't heard music until you've heard it on a pair of eight hundred dollar headphones which in the states would cost you ten dollars because you know currency issue. oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, i've definitely listened to, I've, I've listened through headphones in that price range not specifically size yeah. but well, yes, no, like 100%. you know there's people don't realize there's these huge price jumps so like like you know things yep. might be relatively the same for like a couple thousand dollars but then you get to this next level right so like i i've had vocal takes i did on mics i've had crazy mics work out really well once why well, did one single once where we set up 11 microphones, 11 different condensers in the room. And me and my singer sang into each one of them. So we'd say me and me and female vocals did every single mic. And then we compared all 11 different mics and we Mm -hmm. had a U87 and everything down the line from like $6,000 mics down to $200 mics. And it was somewhere in the middle range that we found mics that connect that got the sound that sounded best for me and her but it's yeah. different for different songs different registers all of this shit it's all different different tones so, yeah, yeah i agree yeah. if you find though a vocal condenser that is right for your voice that you like the best fucking buy two of them mm-hmm. but yeah i agree but you can't go wrong with the u87 that's the fact yeah. that's true i'm, I'm not going to start true. recording my podcast with the u87 but i am going to get the highest level quality um usb mic that is possible oh yeah because i last thing i this podcast i'm there's no way i'm gonna start doing this podcast using a mixing board i'm sorry like xlr i'm not gonna fucking xlr this podcast (laughs) you know this isn't the tim dylan show there are even some uh some pretty low priced mics that works pretty good on some vocalists that I've uh that I've tested out. Like those Audio Technica mics, there there are some damn good uh brands of those. Dude, I bought some, some like, I bought some seriously fucked up mics at pawn shops or thrift stores for like 10, 20 yeah. bucks. And then you take mm-hmm. them home and you use them, they sound like gold. Sometimes right. and sometimes you Google them and you're like, oh. It, this this was originally 50 bucks once i bought a fucking mic at a at a thrift store for 30 bucks 40 bucks and i i t- i sent a picture of it to my friend and he's like yeah i'll buy that mic off you i'm like how much he owns a studio and i was like he was like how much i was like he was like 50 bucks 100 bucks i'm like i just paid 40 and then i googled it myself which you know i normally wouldn't do and it was like 500 dollar microphone used for uh news reporters during windy weather Oh shit! <laughs> and uh, it wasn't actually very good for my voice. It was not good uh, for my voice. I should have sold it to him. It's now with my stolen possessions. But um, you know, you can uh, find these good mics that are really good for certain things out there at thrift stores and stuff like that that cost hundreds of dollars. But yeah, find the find the thing that's right for your voice. So when when you recently recorded, yeah. So we we both engineer and do sound. Are you a Pro Tools guy or Logic? I'm a logic guy. Oh, I figured. Oh my god. How the fuck do you edit on that shit? 
it's hard. I'm not going to lie. I started out <laughs> on a Windows computer and I started out on Mixcraft. And Dude, you need to get Pro Tools, baby. Yeah, Pro Tools is dope. I have a uh, for editing. It is if you're doing if you're doing you know if you're doing uh, synths and stuff, you want Logic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or like you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of EDM producers and stuff like use Ableton and stuff. Ableton is like the world's worst for me. Like it's the most non-intuitive program for me to use, but some people yeah. like it. So I mean, shit. I used that I software like I... for a while that Propellerhead developed. Remember Propellerhead? Reason. Yeah, Reason. I used mm-hmm. Reason for a while drove me nuts my first album i did on a I, on a rented d888 oh wow yeah 2005 wow. i brought that into the church i worked in and uh we did a whole album on a d888 but the sound engineer my buddy he fucked it up too he fucked it up man oh my god he it, it could have gone multi-track into the board but he decided mm-hmm. to bounce it from the board single track or stereo into a micro cassette recorder or like in, in PCM quality, so HD waves. And there was no ability to, to mix the tracks because mm-hmm. it was bounced. I was like, why did you All do that? Single like, file. He was like, that's that's higher quality than the D888. And I'm like, but it was from the D888 into the PCM my, micro cassette. Yeah. Like, I'm like, we can't adjust the tracks. He's like, well, we can master it. I'm like, master fucking bait this bitch motherfucker oh my god <laughs> to this day i regret that oh my god because i was working with one of the best fiddlers in the world and an irish buddy of mine who played banjo and guitar and to this day i could have done such amazing things with that album it's called alive on pentecost it's on itunes and spotify but um we couldn't mix it so like there was oh couldn't even add verb to the vocals right yeah, there's, there's not. I mean, you're pretty much fucked as far as the mixing goes on that phase. The only thing you could have done was mastered, and even That's, then, like, what's that, uh, what's that going to do it for was, you? Oh, dude, it was so painful. Like, you know, twelve hours of recording and no mixing possible. Yeah. It was like, I was the last time I let him run one of my projects. But he was a friend, so oh, you know, yeah. In the beginning, when you're young and stupid, you work with friends. Yeah. Later it's on, true. you work with pros. You know. Yep. When you very you, true. I work with people who like when they tell me how much they cost. I offer them twice that much. And they're like, oh, yeah. you know what I actually am worth. I'm like, yeah, and I want you at your fucking best. Yeah. And then they're like, fucking respect. Like my first show right. with Gunter, he was like, he said he'd do it for a hundred bucks. Then I was late on arriving and I called him on the way. He's like, yo, man, are you coming? I'm like, yeah, I'm just late because the bassist stood me up and we had to do the show without a bassist. Fuck that guy. I don't care if he drummed for George Michaels 20 years ago. Um, and I was like, sorry. I'm going to double your fee. Just don't fucking leave. He's like, okay, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. And then when I got there, he's like, I shouldn't play. I'm like, we have no bass. I'm like, fuck the bass. You'll shred it. You're Gunter Schultz. And he did shred it. And we, we rocked the shit out of that competition, but whatever, you know, fucking bassist. Why are they so flaky? You know what you call a bassist (laughs) without a girlfriend? What? Homeless. And now a word from our sponsors. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or six dollars a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. Homeless. (laughs) 
Oh my god, that's how, amazing. How do you know a singer's at your front door? How he can't find the key and doesn't know when to come in. <laughs> that's amazing. Dude. How do you know the stage is level? How? The drummer's drooling equally out of both sides of his mouth. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Oh man. <laughs> you got you, you must have a list of music jokes ready to go. I dude. just gave all of them to you. That's all those I know. Are, that's it. That's those are all amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite one's the singer. Doesn't know have can't find the key and doesn't know when to come I in. Love, I love that. <laughs> dude, dude, my first show ever, that was me. First song, my first show ever, 6,000 people. Oh my God. On a St. Paddy's Day, St. Paddy's Day 2005. So tomorrow, 15 years ago, to, 16 years ago tomorrow. Christ, I'm old. First song, first song. I came in at the wrong place in the wrong key. Oh, uh, damn. Well, I was shit, a that's... simple kind of man. Oh, is that one? No, it was from some fucking Irish ballad. I just oh, had gotcha. to sing Simple Man. Hopefully <laughs> just Spotify doesn't you. demonetize us. Oh, this podcast yeah. is so huge now, it actually makes this... a difference when they demonetize me. In that they only oh, demonetize right. me when I sing songs. So I'm I'm trying to like not be expressive and trying to restrict being myself, you know. Well, shit, I think every time I've talked to you, you sang a song to me. I so know shit, that every, sucks. Well, we've never talked or every on time podcast before. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. We have yeah, but we, we talked, talked on, on your my podcast. Point. Yeah, your podcast, that's right. Music of the spheres, which you should you should keep it going, man. Just do one a month. Well, do one a month. Like I said, it, it, the more people I have on my YouTube, the more audio I'll have to just cross post to that. I think yeah. uh, I think it'll be I think I'll have enough to at least have some new content every month. That's actually my goal. Well, what, with what you're doing, it makes sense to monetize YouTube and, and, and grow that more. Like so podcasts oh, yeah. can't really grow on YouTube. Not really. Like, I mean, the big ones can. But like, um, right. So like, you know, Modern Hermeticist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's probably got the biggest occult esoteric podcast on on YouTube. Yeah. But he makes only, like less than 500 bucks a month off of it. Oh, I know it. I yeah, know so it. like if you run Social Blade, you can see even though he's getting 40, 50,000 views, he's only making like 100 bucks. And right. it's, it tells you the stats, right? So if he actually did that exclusively, exclusively as a podcast yes he'd be making around five to seven thousand dollars a month i'm surprised he doesn't get his audio clips and cross he's, a, he's an academic he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing <laughs> yeah right dan, he is dan an daniel danatrell danatrell if you're listening take your shit off youtube and put it exclusively as a podcast because he has a devoted listeners they listen to full episodes on youtube but YouTube does not monetize that shit in the same number ratio. Like, oh yeah. So like, I I get I get I get five to I'm I'm only over I'm around five six thousand listeners or downloads a month as a podcast. But podcasts are way high more highly monetized than YouTube is. So YouTube, yeah. you have to get a hundred times more listens than a podcast does for the same monetization monetization. So if he right. did it just as a podcast without the pretty pictures, then he would be, he'd be, he'd be, you know, independently wealthy. 
Um, yeah, he'd, he'd be exactly. able to do whatever he wants, but he's doing it all on YouTube. He's not even available as a podcast. Right. Yeah, I feel like even if he wanted to keep like the picks up and the videos on YouTube, I feel like if he just took the audio and put it on Spotify as well, he could yeah. keep that income from YouTube. But dude, yeah. his Spotify numbers would be so much better because the like you said, the ratio is so much better with Spotify. People think podcast uh, YouTube is the place to be, but if they're in a niche yeah. genre that doesn't that doesn't crack a hundred k listeners a month, that's bullshit. So he doesn't right. know because he's an academic. That's why he's able to do what he does. Like if I was still in my PhD, which I'm not, but if I was still, I would probably be doing what he's doing with hardcore academic information and, and I'd be structuring it and recording it and writing it the way he writes and records his. However, the mistake he's making is by putting it on YouTube. He should not put it yeah. on YouTube because it's primarily audio. If he, if he just put it as a podcast, he'd be he'd be cleaning up he'd be clean he'd be making at least four thousand dollars a month minimum minimum because at 10k you make about two grand a month and he's at 40k but on youtube if he was at 10k Hmm. on just spotify two grand a month right for all those listening about podcast structuring and all so for everyone listening i was a big fan of anchor but they they fuck you when you get big they owe me ad money that they never paid me a penny in all the ad money I made. And I wasn't really even going for ad money. I didn't because this whole thing was a joke when I started it last year. Um, it was, it was not meant to be serious, but right. they also encode their files in a way that you can't transfer. So what you want to do is go to red circle, go to red circle for your podcast. And that allows you to cross promote with people like me and get direct ad revenue and membership revenue, which is where a lot of money comes from. So if you go to Red Circle and start a podcast, you can do a, create a promo audio track where you're like, hey, this is, uh, this is, this is Charles Hadley. My podcast is music, music of the, without fears, music without fears. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you should come listen to me uh, play my guitar because it's really groovy. And then I would take that little audio clip of yours, insert it into every episode of my 200 episodes, and you would get my yeah. listeners fed over to you and vice versa. Yeah. So if everyone moved to Red Circle and started their podcast there, Josh, Ashton Chassis, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Whoever else, Lay Lokens, Lay Lokens, start a podcast here on Red Circle. We all cross promote each other, grow an occult milieu within this community and that would be functional then we'd have a hub and that is something that could be done but anchor will fuck you in the long run in the short term it's great because you can do it on your phone yeah of course but in the long term it's it's shit because you it doesn't yeah. give you it, Dude, what they you encode, they encode the files in the in what's the worst way possible to encode a file m4a yeah 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 they're m4a and they they embed their ads into the files even if they are not paying you right fuck that yeah yeah so i i just put placements and then like uh, apparently the ads on my my podcast are totally fucking crazy like sometimes they're like they're usually in foreign languages apparently like the real money's in getting given ads to read but because my podcast involves me talking about 
you know, Jesus initiating people by ejaculating into their mouths. Um, <laughs> people don't really want me to read their ads, um, which is understandable, but that's, that's where the money is. So they just put automated ads and I get like nine cents per ad. And uh, oh, wow. I experimented with ways to do that. Yeah, I, I get like, you know, 20 bucks a month doing that. Um, but mm -hmm. then there's membership exclusive ones as well. But no matter what system you're using, once you get to a certain level, they it boosts up. But Anchor doesn't boost you up. And they don't allow you to transition to higher, higher categories. Like if you're at over 10K downloads a month, you want to move to Libsyn probably because that's where it monetizes but it's highly it's a very complicated platform to use and uh they for it's a, so it's a lot of work to upload and to uh, encode it and it's a lot of work and if you're not at 10k over a month they're not really going to give you any ad revenue uh, so what can i say right youtube is, well, uh... is really interesting because you can do different things you can actually you've got to speak to the format i mean the average youtube video should only be 10 minutes max mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but you can do all these multimedia multi-video things which is good for a musical project like you're doing and you can do mm -hmm. all this different stuff like what what do you guys have planned so as far as gray path or as far as my like youtube channel everything everything I think everything is going to kind of be ran through my YouTube channel. Um, but the plans are very vast. Um, they're very ambitious. Um, we want to essentially we're, we're playing out with this gray path thing. We're doing three EPs each with three songs on them, all tying into each other. And it's supposed to tell a story of initiation. The first one's called the acolyte. The second one's going to be called Coheed in Cambria. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the second one, the one we're working on right now, is going to be called The Priestess. And it's going to be a bit more chaotic, a bit more heavy, uh, a bit less structured. And then the final EP in the in the series will be The Prophet. And it's, it's going to be uh, a combination of the two. It's going, to be, it's going to be a little cinematic, rocky, with a little bit of pop vibes in it. It's very genre bending. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the first album, but we incorporate. No, you got to send me that. Okay, yeah, I'll send you the first EP. It's uh, it starts off with like a pretty heavy rock song, but like by the time you're and like I said, all the songs flow into each other. By the time you're into the second one, you are hit with like a eat like we we have like a uh, what do you call it a tank drum, you know those little Eastern sounding drums that you can uh, play on, and we have like some. Chinese MIDI instruments and stuff in it and it turns into like a pop song halfway through and wow the last the last one red rain is very organ driven sounds like a cathedral red at first but turns rain into rain is coming down <laughs> red rain is that a song fuck you i really don't know it red rain is coming down red rain dude that's off the that's produced by Daniel Lanois, the ultimate Canadian producer of all time. He produced Unforgettable Fire and all of, no doubt, Bob Dylan's comeback album, as well as Peter Gabriel's So. So is the greatest album of Peter Gabriel. And it has every hit he ever wrote except for Salisbury Hill. But it's got Red Rain. You don't know Red Rain? I don't. Red oh, Ram. man. Red Rain. I'm just going to tell rain. you, this is going to be. This is going to be our friendship. Fucking You're going to be telling me 
all these very iconic things that I should know, and I won't know any of it. This happens dude, with dude, like, there's this new band you gotta hear. It's called Nirvana. <laughs> oh my the god. Singer, the singer, the singer's gonna do great that. things. The singer is coming up. He's coming up. I mean, he's got oh a shitty girlfriend, god. but he's gonna be he's gonna be big, trust me. Oh my god. I actually had a ticket to a Nirvana show. Did you? Yeah, I did. And I never got to see the show. Oh, man. Because he, he got murdered. I, I was about to say, I can intuit why. I was in grade eight. I was in grade eight. I had a ticket to Nirvana in Seattle. My friends were all driving down. And next thing we know, he was murdered by someone. <laughs> right. right yeah. My we, buddy's we... friends with her, so I can't say her name. True. I feel that. Can we take a you, you were... break and be right back? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, go for it. Love you. We back. We're back, Jack. Yeah. Yeah, man. I need to send you that EP. We were talking about how the how people create songs that flow into each other. It was really weird doing that on this EP because it none of our songs are in the same key or the same tempo. So it, it we had to think of some creative ways to transition. Uh, for instance, at the end of one of my songs, I I kind of changed the tempo to match the one coming up and then incrementally changed the key. And you Dude, got that's Manly tricky. P. Hall. Like, yeah, and then we, we, we added a clip from like Manly P. Hall over it and you've got some like philosophy Whoa. in your face for like a little you before you transition. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting and uh, experimental. Yeah, the reason everyone always says you can't speed up or slow down in a song is of course because it's so hard to do well yep it's but true. like if you listen Very to zeppelin to well. they speed up and slow down all the time but it's okay because they do it well yep. and then people are like no 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 trust us we'll we're gonna do it well we do it well and then you hear them and they do it like shit it's awful you're like no that is not <laughs> right. well done they're like no it's good man it's it's like yeah okay. it, it doesn't feel good though right it's so tricky it's so tricky right exactly that's one of those things you've got to feel coming up you've got to be like this is the spot for it right here you can't just plan to be like i just want a tempo change or a key change for the for the sake of it in this song that's yeah it's very tricky man yeah yeah it's very very tricky but i don't think i ever had in any of maybe maybe i had a, a speed up here and there but like yeah no generally metronomic is best yeah i agree yeah i think the only time we actually even got weird with the tempos was was those transitions um in, into the songs you know we had to, it, it was very I mean, strange Polly's good poly rhythm's fine but that doesn't yeah. change the tempo right right and you know sometimes there's like double time or half time that can simple it, it, it feels like it speeds up and slows down even though right. technically Thing. yeah oh yeah yeah i mean to the layman a tempo uh, uh double time and half time is a, is a speed change but they oh yeah they don't understand that it isn't very true so, very true yeah but no you want to put it's not put yeah speeding up and slowing down just fucking everyone has to listen to every and, and a fall apart's the hardest you know where it sounds like oh, it yeah breaks apart falls apart and like it's chaos my buddies oh, my buddies yes. here in town do that really well peregrine falls they're 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 amazing but that means there's they're two of the best musicians in canada so there you go 
right like, oh yeah you know you know when you got like those drummers and guitarists who are literally on like 60 percent of the albums released that year yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like josh freeze sort of stuff <laughs> bro the drummer the drummer i had on the gray path album he's been a, a best friend of mine since literally middle school and this guy is like i don't know how he does it My, it's just jaw dropping every time like i know how good he is but every time i listen to him play i'm just like bro how like how can you play on on the beat that that smoothly like i can't imagine bro and i'm a drummer oh. too but nowhere in that league i can't wait to hear him yeah, i'm a drummer too but only only there's... when i'm drunk oh nice yeah there's some pretty technical stuff in there this is actually the first album i've actually done like Usually I sample replace. I I kept a lot of the live kit in, in this album with like no samples on top of it. All the all the symbols are completely live and there's only like a small sample bloom of the kick and snare. Because you know it's a it's a rock album and it's pretty yeah. it's pretty overproduced, but but for the most part, I mean that, that whole live kit's in there. That's the first time I've actually really permanently did that on an album of my own. Yeah. Did you like did you did you swap in like like you know, sometimes you'll take the best drum sound, the best kick sound, and oh, replace yeah. all the other kick sounds with that. I actually didn't do that. No, I, I had, yeah, I had everything just strictly live. And uh, what I'll do is I'll turn the live kit down a bit and blend in a few MIDI samples on top of it. So there is some consistency there in, in like the velocity and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, this is like... I would say this is like 25% sample, 75% live kit. Yeah, very cool. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of the live. I like the live. I like the dynamic oh, yes. range. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you ever hear I any of my too. music? I have. Yes. Uh, Dominta or uh, yeah. probably not pronounced. Dominta, right. yeah. Did you hear Dominta. Oh yeah. The, did you hear any of the rock stuff like Hallelujah Baby Babylon? Oh, yes. That was fucking lit, dude. That was fun, right? That song's in eleven. Yeah. It's very clipothic. I know. I noticed. Don't you I, love I the actually, fact that my my single off that album is in eleven, bro? Like, I who the fuck weird, writes a single in eleven? Tool. I had a weird time counting that. Like, I had to yeah. legit stop for a hot minute and be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I started counting. It. I I started with like, I was like, "This has got to be five eights." Nope. No. This no. Be. It's a, and you're like. like this is, is that nine? Is it nine? No, it's not nine. Yeah, it's an eleven. Exactly. Holy shit! It's in eleven. Clearly, that's, it's yeah, not three. Not yeah, yeah exactly. you're like, what? Did this motherfucker just do a song in eleven? <laughs> eleven, exactly. Yeah, no, it's eleven, yep. but it works, right? It's like, but of course the core, and it throws you because the chorus pushes to twelve because twelve is three, which is danceability danceability exactly man. you want the you corsets got the with it. dancing the girls dancing yeah no it's great that was a fun song right i wrote that song at three in the morning acoustically on an acoustic eight string bazooki and it was just like smelled the ash in the air today burning oil lamps lit my way i hear the growl my favorite lyrics i ever wrote were in that song i wrote my name with blood on stone wept and cried tears to atone but I still can't escape your name or every old friend's, friend's hate and blame. I scry within myself and find next to nothing left that's kind. So I go from place to place, but I'll escape your ghostly face nevermore. Ooh, I like. Listen up and hear the angels cry. 
yeah it's a good song that's dope man yeah we have one we're working on right now this in seven eights that's probably the weird seven's the... great dude salisbury hill is in seven eight right coming oh, up on yeah. salisbury hill do, 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 do. i could see the city lights boom, 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 boom. wind was blowing time stood still do, do, do. you know yep you know yeah <laughs> I, know. I only need to sing one line, but I sang a bunch. I love that song so much. I play that on my vinyl all the time. It's like, it's like, yeah, that's right. It's a really weird seven beat, but it is seven. It is in seven. And if you try and play it in four, God help you. God help you. Right. But then there's right. the, the, the breakdown at the end of like, son, I said, grab your things. I've come to take you home. That's actually in one. The whole That whole section's in one, like one over four or whatever. Huh. Yeah. And son, I say, you can grab your things. It's time to take you home. Yeah, it's in one. So it breaks down. And I asked my buddies who played it in their in their cover band all the time. I was like, how do you do that part? They're like, yeah, we just run rough shot over it at like it's 4-4. <laughs> oh, yes. Why not? It's like when you uh, ride the tonic, it's like, oh, there's three chords here. Or you could just play the tonic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd probably conceptualize that as 4-4. Yeah, I'm, yeah, everyone does. Yeah, but if you heard Peter sense. Gabriel play it in four four, you'd be like, I think he made a mistake because you're oh, used yeah. to the nuance, right? You're yeah. used to the subtlety. You're like, I'm usually hear this a little subtle change in the recording, but in live, you no. Know, so he, you got to nail it live. Oh yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I want to talk to you before we're done because I know we've we're coming up to three hours here. I think. Oh we, yeah. Has it been two we hours? Are. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's... Time flies when you're having fun with Alabama, son. Hell yeah, boy. Hell yeah, boy. Praise boy. hell, raise oh, hell. Like praise hell, praise hell. <laughs> so um, I want to talk to you about, you've been through the first three grades of the Golden Dawn. And for uh, those yeah. listening, curious about the Golden Dawn, because, you know, mostly I whine and bitch about that shit, and most of us do, and everyone talks shit about shit. But, like, so... I want to hear about like what were the first three grades like for you? Like what was it like when you went through Neophyte and, and when you first started practicing the LBRP, the middle pillar tarot contemplation ritual? Yeah. Okay. Um, Can we get serious? Let's get real. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Real talk. Um, real talk. I'll try to not, I'll try to not do this. I'll try to be concise. Um, I think I can best describe it as it, it was very similar. This, this is going to sound weird and like almost theological, but like it was almost similar to something I would consider like a born again experience. Like it was very weird. It was almost like, you know, a little a microcosm of a microcosm of like the Golden Dawn system. It's what I felt like Neophyte was. Like I felt like it was. Uh, and there's some secrets in there and, and some mysteries in there that this this not going to be that I'm not going to even figure out until until later on. But it, when I first started the the rituals, the, the the middle pillar, the LBRP, I had done them a few times. I mean, I was a chaos ma magician beforehand, but when I actually made a regimen out of them, 
and actually made a habit out of them and began experimenting with my intention, seeing the pentagrams more vividly, vibrating the names more, I want to say, intuitively, authentically, uh, just seeing the subtle changes occur over time uh, was, it, it was, it's going to be very hard to articulate, but it was very, uh, it's going to sound very cliche. It, it was very eye-opening and it, 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 it opened up my awareness to some, some hidden, hidden components of reality that just, just wasn't there before. Like a lot of subconscious things that have been repressed actually kind of revealed themselves, but not in like an antagonistic way and like a, a little preview of what's to come type of way. See, you, you started with chaos magic. I did. Yes. How, how, what, what sort of stuff did you do? So really it was, it was very basic shit. It was like the, you know, the whole sigil creation. Uh, I messed with uh, egregores a little bit or no servitors. Sorry. I messed with servitors a little bit. Um, I did, I just experimented with certain like yoga techniques, certain meditation techniques, you know, kind of like a buffet mysticism type thing that a lot of people fall into when they first get involved with esotericism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, re I recognized really quickly, like the symbols that I was drawn to, like I was very drawn to like the Kabbalistic mysteries when I was in, in chaos magic. And it, as you know, like with that, you're going to go Kabbalah with a C, a K or a Q, <laughs> you know, you're going to get like the, the traditional Jewish Kabbalah or the Christian or the hermetic. And of course I, I was very much more inclined to the hermetic and I incorporated some of its correspondences. I, I began using tarot and, and learned some of the correspondences with it. Um, but all the mishmash of theurgy, alchemy, you know, tarot, Kabbalah, all of it, it really came to my senses that it was just like, okay, this is getting really fucking golden dawn. Like I feel I'm, I'm definitely feeling drawn to all these symbols for a reason, you know? Yeah. And so that's when I was just like, um, and, and I had, I, I, I had, I was going through some existential shit. So I have really, really bad digestive uh, disorders. Like I've been diagnosed with like four different things. Uh, and there's a uh, suspect that there's underlying causes. I'm like, my diet is pretty much like beans and potatoes. I mean, there's a little more than that, but that's, that's, you know, you know, as a celiac, like, so autoimmune shit, like, one of the first things I found out I had to cut out were beans, legumes, and potatoes. Wow, that's yeah, they're, strange. They're they're damaging. Like legumes are seriously damaging to your gut biome. That's so strange, man. Because yeah. those are like the only two things I can stomach. Can you eat broccoli? Um, I don't. I can't stomach it. Yeah. Have you tried all meat? I have. Um, I, yeah. I legit, the if only you, meat that autumn, I can A have, lot of autoimmune people can only eat meat. Yeah, the only meat that I can actually stomach that I found so far is shrimp. Now, I didn't have these problems until I was like around 18 years old. Yeah, I that's, that's when it happens. Before. Yeah, that's when it yeah. kicks in hardcore. That's when it kicked in for me. Yeah, I mean. So you, have, you have something going on with your autoimmune. I do. I 100% do. Yes. Yeah. And, and like, good luck figuring it out in our medical environment these days. 
A hundred percent. I've been to, Hey, I've been to like, it's, it's in the double digits. Now I've been to so many doctors. I've been to UAB, which is very, very well known and, and recommended by pretty much everybody for di- treating digestive conditions and whatnot. And man, Nobody knows what the fuck's going on. They're all shooting in the dark and, and none of it's hitting so far. I'm also doing alternative medicine along with that. I know, I know that that's a real hippy dippy thing to do, but shit, I'm desperate. Yeah, um, no, I, yeah, exactly. Like I went to, I went to extreme measures to find out what was wrong with me because no doctors had the time of day. None of them in, none of them in Canada, like they didn't give a shit. They're like, oh. So they found yours with celiac, huh? No, they, they refused to even do a test. Huh. Yeah, I had to go to a foreign country. I've been flying to foreign countries for medical care my entire life. I spent most of my money my entire life flying to foreign countries for medical care because Canada would rather you die than than be a burden on the medical system. We have one of the worst medical systems you could possibly have as a country. Like that you want to die, have socialized medicine. Did you, were you diagnosed in a foreign country? Yeah, in Germany. They're like, they did a blood test. Canada refuses to diagnose celiacs by blood test, which is the most accurate way to diagnose us. Because if they diagnosed everyone with blood tests, they would actually identify the 1% of the population that has celiac disease. Then they'd have to actually subsidize you, which they don't want to do. So how do they solve that? They don't do the test. That's shit. Yeah, they want you dead. I mean, most of our countries want us all dead. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that, that's something yeah. Yeah. a year ago you had to, you had to argue that today. <laughs> Pretty fucking apparent today. <laughs> it's like, uh, I know I owe you a $2,000 stimulus check, but hold on. Uh, we need to save that money to bomb some civilians in Syria. Oh my gosh. Funny story, actually. So... I'm technically, I'm technically unemployed, so I haven't gotten any of the stimulus checks so far. I mean, I dude, I'm if you were in Canada, you would have been getting two grand a month for the last twelve months. Oh shit! I'm gonna, I'm have to, I'm gonna have to change my my citizenship. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but all that money is coming from China because China bought Canada a couple of years ago. Oh shit! Dude, That's- the war's over. America's the last line of defense against china running the world yeah china sketch is fuck and if if america's our last line we have two systems dude okay so journalists here can't report on the fact that you get there's that that uh there's two different rental rates journalists in vancouver can't report that there's two different rental rates there's a rental rate in apartments for chinese people and there's a rental rate for non-Chinese people. And the difference is about $4,000. Wow. So you'll pay three, $4,000 if you're not Chinese. You'll pay $1,000 if you're Chinese. And wow. journalists can't report on that because the papers are compromised. Mm, interesting. Yeah. If I said that locally, I'd be in trouble, but... I'm probably in trouble anyway. Fuck it. But like you know, they can't report on that man because they'll fucking disappear, you man, dude. Like I just was at I, right. the, the Uyghurs. The Uyghur Muslims were just protesting in Vancouver the other a bunch of times, like nonstop since I've been back. They're protesting, and like Chinese people walking down the street are throwing things at them, and like they're getting beaten in the street. It's like 
Uh, they're trying bad. they're yeah. trying to bring awareness of the concentration camps and mass extermination of their race and people and and like yeah yeah it's 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 blood it's fucking it's, it's so bad it's so bad it's so bad oh my god oh my god dude we're so fucked yeah i was gonna say if america's our last line of defense we are fucked no right um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah when you said that i was like all right well goodbye like at what i think we're alive in the the coolest time to be alive but i also think we're sort of fucked for the next couple hundred years and if we survive the next couple hundred years maybe the aliens will set us straight <laughs> i don't know i, hope. I don't know let's hope well i like to be optimistic about those things but it's hard to in today's uh, climate yeah um, oh shit i was i was actually going to tell you though and the reason i'm bringing this up is because is there's actually a magical uh component to this um but i you know, so like i said i was i'm i'm technically i don't make enough to file for self-employment yet i'm technically unemployed haven't filed taxes in like the last year or whatever i haven't gotten any stimulus so far i haven't so i haven't expected to because like that's just not going to happen in america right so I actually, the other day, when I sent you that video of uh, me out there, you know, uh, making my sacred yeah, space in the woods. That was beautiful. And they, I, th- this is actually a time where I had accumulated, I mean, shit, we, we just went through like a really, uh, not to go into to too much detail, but my mother-in-law passed away. Lots of financial shit went down with that. Lots of financial shit that went down right before that. I was in a, I was in a, decent amount of credit debt was was giving me hella anxiety on top of all the other issues going on so i uh you know did a tarot card reading uh you know what will be the final outcome if i make a microcosmic earth elemental yeah for for the purpose of uh relieve relieving me of my credit debt well and the time span i was just like fuck it i'm gonna do a really short time span on this one and i did and lo and behold (laughs) this 1400 stimulus check is in my account randomly which is enough to cover all my credit debt i just thought right i just thought that was super interesting because i haven't still haven't filed taxes i still haven't uh been employed like that i've you know the same circumstance uh as all the other stimulus but this one just (laughs) happens to be waiting in my account for me awesome awesome man yeah dude like that down as a success oh man yeah no i i haven't like you know because i had the doxing and home invasion so i lost like everything and like they're using my sin number my social insurance number to like get the money i should be getting so it's going to these thieves instead of me government doesn't care thieves the thieves getting everything but like if i was to like so in canada anything i make over fourteen hundred dollars Yes. Just goes to the government. So there's no incentive to make more money. Oh, yes. Right. Like, but a one bedroom apartment costs $3,400. Right. Shit. It's so fucked. It's so fucked. fucked. Like, you're so, that's why we have, that's why we have the largest homeless population in Canada. It's the only place you can survive the winters outside. But like, also, you know, and (laughs) they take all that money for healthcare, but you go to the hospital. And they're like, here's five morphine, fuck off. And you're like, I don't want morphine. I want an x-ray. They're like, too bad. Jesus. That's it. And you only get that offer after you've been sitting there for 24 hours. 
So after you pester them for like an entire 24 hours. Oh yeah, I've sat in the emergency room for 24 hours needing an x-ray for whatever reason. And they're like, we're not giving you an x-ray, but we'll give you five morphine because we know that's what you want. It's like, bitch, if I wanted drugs, I would go to Maine and Hastings and get whatever I want at any time of the day or night I want it for whatever changes changes in my pocket. You can go to like, you can get any drug any time of the day or night for whatever changes in your pocket anywhere in Vancouver. But the, 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 yeah, the, the medical system here is so insidious and fucking evil. They, they just want you to die. They want to kill you. Their only profit is in your death. Like they have no desire to help you. Yeah. If you get cancer or a broken limb, cool. You're taken care of. If you have any other, anything ambiguous, like an autoimmune disease, Crohn's, lupus, or something else, they're like, yeah. fucking die. Kill yourself. Ugh. Kill yourself. Right. We hate you. They hate right. you. Yeah. They do not want to help That's you. Fuck. And the doctors don't get paid more because of socialized medicine. They don't get paid more based on their service. So there's no incentive for them to help you. Right. Yeah. The last thing you want is universal health care. It's the worst case scenario. So we all go to the States. We all go to the States or Asia for medical care. I, that's why I, every time I've needed surgery, I've, I've flown to Thailand. Interesting. Yeah. Well, or shit, Germany maybe I or should France. fly to Thailand. Fuck I'm surprised yeah. you've got any. I'm surprised you've got any help in the states, man. I have had the one of the. No, shittiest. I have never gotten health help in the states, but I have. My aunts have gone to the states for surgeries for their back. Gotcha, gotcha. And they could have gotten that for free in Canada, legally, except the doctors won't see them because there's no incentive. Right. That's fucked. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucked. It's so fucked. That's why I bring it up. That's why I mentioned on the podcast because. I hear I hear stuff coming out of America where people are like, oh, need to be more like Canada. And I hear like even fucking Joe Rogan is like, well, education is free in Canada, man. It's like fucking free. It's like and 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 then I hear other like people saying that as well. It's like, what is wrong with you? Like education isn't free. It cost me twenty five thousand dollars every three months of university. Like mm-hmm. I'm two hundred thousand dollars in debt from my master's like. How is that free? There's nothing free about education in Canada. In fact, like it's worse than the States, if anything, because the government covers it and then you're in debt the rest of your life and you're never going to be able to even feed yourself. Like, fuck. Like, it's such... The misinformation campaign is intense. It's intense. And I feel like Bernie Sanders are just like shillmeisters for like this rhetoric that's completely bullshit. And people look into it and people try and pretend like it's true. It's like, but you're all lying. You're literally all lying. All of you are liars. Like you're just lying and lying and lying. And everyone's acting like it's the truth. It's like emperor's got new clothes, right? Like the emperor's clothes, right? Like, oh yeah, what a great set of clothes. Like you're fucking lying. None of that's free. Why are you saying it's free when it's not free? It costs so much money, it's insane. Like our healthcare system costs everyone 10 grand a year and the health and you get no care. Why are you saying it's free? I know, I know I just went on a rant, but like, Oh, you're good. It needs to be ranted about. Like I'm sick and tired of it. I'm so, I'm so tired of people just like lying through their teeth about shit that is so clear cut. Like the facts are the facts. 
but yet everyone who talks about it lies. Why is that? How are we, how have we become a world in which people can just lie through their teeth about things that you can check up on because there's an assumption that no one's going to check up on it? Or if you do check up on it, everyone's like, oh, that's misinformation. It's like, you're all liars. You're fucking lying. Fuck you. I'm so tired of it, man. I'm sick and tired of it. Because I've, I've, I've seen the alternative. I've seen different countries do different things well. And the countries that do things well highlight the fact that the rest of us are doing it badly. Right? Like I've been in emergency rooms in France and Germany the last couple of years. France wanted a couple hundred bucks. Germany wanted nothing. And both times I was almost dead from autoimmune disease side effects, right? Both times, like they're both times I coded out both times because I'm five years past my death date. The doctors said I should be dead by 35. They're right. I should have been dead by 35. Thank God I discovered the philosopher's stone and I look younger and more vibrant than ever. But like I should have been dead five years ago. Yeah. And I'm not. Yeah. And I'm not. And that is not because of medical care. That is my own hard work. And I've been to countries where they're like, yeah, you almost died. Yeah, you almost died. And they take care of you. They want you to live. They acknowledge your diseases. They do blood tests. And then there's a Canada and America who just ignore what they want to ignore and make up the rest and then spew a bunch of bullshit and take all your money. And it's like, I'm sick of it. I'm I'm honestly sick of it. Like, seriously, fucking cancel me over the shit if you want. But I'm sick and tired of, of us all pretending like things are the way they are when they're not that way at all. I'm so, I'm so sick of it, man. It's fucking, yeah. it, it makes me want to light a fucking tiki torch. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That sounds like some white supremacist shit. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm sick and tired of it. Like, when are the pitchforks going to, because eventually, if you do screw over enough people for long enough, the pitchforks will come. I mean, that's probably what yeah. Also, Portland. I almost worry about the because you know the uprising and revolutionary sentiments even can get conflicting. Uh, you know, these days between like the left and right, so it's even hard to even organize like protest and stuff you know what i mean like everything's so d divisive is like well people want to have a discussion on how to protest in the first place and they want to argue about it rather than actually like protesting you know what i mean you know what we need to do what's that storm the capital oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to get canceled you can do that <laughs> Oh my god, dude, we're so fucked. <laughs> oh, I, I pray for all of you guys, man. I pray for all of yeah. us, man. Oh Jesus well, one Christ. Clear. This definitely makes me want to take a, take a trip up to Thailand and, and uh like, check dude, out some of their dude. We all gotta move in with BT. We gotta move in with Frat or BT with Edward. With Edward. We all gotta oh, move right. to Goa, Goa, India. We gotta move to Goa. He's got a place. We'll just fucking invade, like set up like a Golden Dawn OTO paradise at Edward's house. We'll play like, <laughs> we'll do ritual work all night, play Dungeons and Dragons all day and go for hikes in the Indian mountains. I don't know if they have mountains, but I'm, I've never been there. So who knows? We, yeah, I don't <laughs> we'll know. We'll pretend they like, do for the sake uh, of the yeah, combo. Like, pretend like, you know, 
and like there's a great music scene there like dude in india i was invited by a record label in india every year for six years to go there and they're like they had ten thousand person audiences every night set up for a two-week stint and it cost all it cost was the the cost of the airfare and they would take you on tour with them because there's so many people there so you could be playing for 10,000 people, 20,000 people every single night for two weeks straight. You just train around the country. Their record label had all the gigs set up. You obviously could bring whatever musicians you wanted, but they had session players for everything else, right? Because clear, like if you go to foreign Asian countries, they always have drummers, guitarists, and bassists who are on point. The one thing they don't have is the singers. Right. Right? Right. right. So when I was, when I was playing in Asia... I could get top-notch musicians of every instrument. What they didn't have was a American singer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you, you don't, if you don't have a bassist or a drummer, that's fine. You can get someone there in, in Asia or India just as good yeah. as you can find top-notch in America. Yeah. Just as good, and they only cost fifty bucks a night, and that's like a lot of money. So you can actually tour around those countries playing for fucking massive crowds uh, and have the, have the time of your life. Um, so maybe yeah. we all need to just get the fuck out of Dodge, right? Hey, maybe, maybe, yeah. should. Who knows? But what would we do without America and Cardi B? Who knows, man? None of us would have any walks. How wet ass is your pussy? <laughs> the true question of our era. The it is the meta. number one question on Spotify. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man. My well, ass pussy. Oh my gosh. Please no. Uh, Cardi is something that I can't stand, man. I, I can't. I just can't. I just love that video I saw of her when she first paid taxes for the first time in her life. When she was like, she became a millionaire basically overnight, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. She like put up music, and, and she, there's this video of her when she just paid her taxes, and she's like, "I want to know where my taxes are going. Where's my money? Where's my money, bitch?" She's like, "Where's my money? Fucking, where's my money, bitch?" And I'm like, "Oh, exactly." <laughs> and now you know. Now, yeah, she made a few million, lost half of it, and she's like, "Wait, what? How's this country work?" And it's like, "Yeah." Yep. <laughs> Illegal taxation. Yeah. Exactly. Dude. Oh my God. Let's not get into taxes. Death and taxes, eh? All right. <sighs> well, we've we've well, we've done good. We've come up, we've covered a lot of things. I don't know what else we could talk about. Well, yeah, I know you asked me a little bit to sum up uh these first three grades. Um tell me more to give you a quick quick tell rundown me, of maybe. Tell me, yeah, if you if you think you can. I, I, I can, you know, I can articulate it. it Imagine you're be... talking to someone who needs to hear it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so did I already touch up on the neophyte grade? Sure. I forgot. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So essentially, I, I feel as if the neophyte grade is a great, you know, prerequisite to everything you're going to experience in the Golden Dawn or the outer. Uh, I, I just feel like they're all it's kind of like a mini the mini system itself is all kind of like right there in neophyte if you if you look hard enough i don't know not in its fullness but definitely 
that in its is introductory a, phase. That's a tremendous insight, in fact. Really? Yeah. I'm glad. I mean, hell yeah, that's 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 what it felt like. I mean, honestly, the entire time. And uh, the the idea of being like dead before like the tree of life uh you know like you're not on a you're not on a path yet you know we use the symbolism the kabbalah symbolism uh and it's called the tree of life and we we work our way we have correspondences you know the grades correspond with a sephirot and you're not on any of them on in neophyte you you're you know it's kind of a a place where you kind of go into a cocoon and metamorphosize and into a new mode of being um and now entering Zelator, you're going into the element of Earth. And this grade, I actually cut, I found myself like cutting a lot of people out of my circle that was just like no yeah. fucking for my mental, like my mentality at all, you know? Um, yeah, down to basics. Found, oh, yeah. And, you know, you really want to, I feel like it really shows what you need to be grounded, like how you need and what you need to do to get there. Um, and by grounded, I just mean, you know, having a stable sphere of sensation, as we'd call it, or, uh, you know, yeah. a, yeah, that's, that's essentially, and that's, that, that's, you know, the, the summation of the greater Zelator for me. Unless um, Adam you, and I build, build the house. Exactly. And this is where I was first introduced to path working and more, more, um, exhaustive like visualization techniques and stuff that i didn't really even utilize in chaos magic your, your visualization game kind of like goes up a lot on zelator mine did at least um yeah that was a that was a big part of it you're introduced to microcosmic elementals which is very similar to the servitors in chaos magic actually. you know you know what that lesson was called in my day what's that they, they that lesson micro the lesson of microcosmic elementals was called artificial elementals oh yeah we use both words still yeah, yeah we yeah, we use those interchangeably, but yes. And it's um, what Franz Barden calls elementaries. Yes, actually. And um, yeah, th this is pretty much... It's it, creating it a, a spirit. About, You're creating a temporary spirit on are. the astral and it also ref And it also is, uh, in a way, a reflection of your own will. And it, and it allows you to actually understand like the capacity of your willpower on like a deeper yes. level. Very and powerful. Of course, and of course, the Orcus, the grade that I'm in now, um, I'm an airhead as fuck. <laughs> You're going to, it, it's been, dude, I used to lose my train of thought so much. Dude, I and can't it, wait like, to talk to you in practicus. <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, You're going to be crying. You're going to be a, a, a crying bitch. Right? I already like, cried. <laughs> like, I just I'm want you to know. I just want you to know how much I love you. I love you so oh, much. My. Gosh. I love you so much. Like I love Isis. I love. I love everyone. The world is. Bro, I'm gonna be place. a mess. Plus, Do I have one planet after in a water sign. Yeah, you have one. What planet? Jupiter and Scorpio. Oh, you're fucked. I'm fucked, aren't I? <laughs> that's what. That's what. Uh, my one of my co-proctors said. Or you're gonna spend all your time trying to how figure out how to bring abundance to other people by manipulating them to get their money. Oh my God, please don't tell me that. <laughs> you're going to be like, to your bandmates, you're going to be like, trust me, give me all your money. I'm going to spend it all on this music video and we're going to get rich. <laughs> then we just have a dope ass music video, don't get rich, and I just have all their money. 
and the song will be called Wet Ass Money. Wham. Oh my God. Wham. It's scary though, wet dude. Ass Money. I'm already a, I'm already sensitive as fuck, man. Like, put a sad scene in a movie, I'm crying. I, I cried like the day before yesterday <laughs> because of a, like a cat that I lost three years ago. Like, <laughs> dude, oh my I don't God. know. I'm already sensitive. So, practice, practice might kick my ass, but uh, I'm, I'm going to be ready for it soon. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling oh it coming God. up. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that that's the summation of my experience so far. I'm still in Theorcus, so you know, there's still some some mysteries to be uncovered. I mean, there's going to be mysteries uncovered from from previous grades, even in you know, as I move through the system. But uh, but yeah, that's that's been my experience in summation so far. Obviously, there's a lot more detail, but I mean, shit, I'd keep you here for a couple of days. <laughs> I just love that you're doing the work and you're in Alabama. Right. Yeah. And that's what it is for me is honestly the work, man. I, I At the beginning, you know, I got the whole Cicero self-initiation book and uh, quickly figured out that's pretty much like trying to learn like Taekwondo without a dojo, basically. But like, Very that's well what said. I am focused. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm focused on is, is the work, man. That's what calls me. That's, that's what I, you know, when I was working through chaos magic, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Like subconsciously I'm aiming toward the great work. Um, so I, I find the golden dawn, a beautiful system to do that in. Well, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's, uh, nothing wrong with completing your owls and going through Hogwarts. Yes. It's always good to, you know, know that you know what you're talking about and be able to communicate what you're talking about, what you mean, be able to communicate yeah. what's in your soul to others with a common language. That's that's the that's the real advantage that the system allows. Yes. Well, that's awesome, man. Brother, let's well to be continued for sure. Okay, let's do it. And when I get my I know you're not too huge of a fan of, you know, YouTube and stuff, but I mean, when I get my series up, well, you know, I'm get, on you. Okay. The, oh, I have my, my music YouTube channel had 1400 videos and then they demonetized everything across the board. Oh my God. I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> so because they're, they made new regulations. They're like, Oh, so we're yeah. removing everything. And you're like, okay. Yep. So I just invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in 12 years of my life so that you could, keep running ads and not give me a penny i never got paid a penny from youtube over 1400 videos and hundreds of thousands of views and not a cent ever and they're that's like yeah that's what we're doing it's like okay so you can suck my dick right but you, so so, but I, you I do, still have a i i do put, that you release content on well i created a one for fratter rc that i put stuff up on here and there but like, you know, like it doesn't matter. There's no level of success I could get to. They'll just keep moving the finish line. It doesn't matter oh, yeah. what you do. No matter right. what you do, they'll, they'll move the finish line. Unless, unless you go Mr. Beast, you know, like the goalpost. they're, yeah. they're, they're going to move the goalposts. Like you're, you're fucked. They don't like, it's like Facebook or Instagram. Like I, 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 I monetized my uh, Instagram frat RC Facebook and stuff for ads ran a series of ads and a week later they they turned they said i was banned from my ad account for no reason and for the next three months they kept taking money from my bank account every week for ads God. they never ran like even last month i was giving they removed 
$7 a week for my bank account for ads that they never ran. And there's nothing you can do about it. So they're That's taking all your emails, all your content, all your private DMs, your private DM pictures, videos. They're accessing your bank account. They're taking everything you have. They're looking at your bank account spending, taking things off your private devices and sync devices from your home, selling it to foreign investors and taking your money from your bank while not even at doing the services that you paid for. So it's full criminal. They've gone full criminal, full technocracy. They're completely evil. They, they want to kill you. Their best wishes to get all your money and kill you so that you're literally physically dead in a ditch. They want you dead and they want all your money and they want you fucking gone. They're, they're as evil as it comes. There's no redemption for these cocksuckers. Mm. They, they're, they're as satanic and evil as you can possibly imagine. They just want to fucking kill you. That's what they are. I'm, I'm, I'm not making this shit up, man. <laughs> you know? No, like, I feel you, this, yeah, is, no, this, is, this is the world we live in right now. So it's either, the exploitation of art. Either we all risk our lives to change it, or we suck it up and enter the brave new world. All right. Right. And the brave new world will have some amazing toys and lots of good drugs, and uh, we'll all be satiate and uh, happy. But um, yeah, no, they, they, yeah, they, there's, there's, it's dark, man. It's fucking dark. Oh yeah. Well, regardless of of the undercover trickery, I, I hope I can use the platform somewhat to my advantage. Although I know it will be undermined to an extent by the people running it. Um, I would like to have you uh, on my discussion series though soon, which will get cross posted to Music of the Spheres. So. If, if you want to hop back on my podcast one day soon, I'd, I'd yeah. love to have you, man. Anytime. And, uh, I'll, I'll also shoot you over this Gray Path EP, and maybe you can uh, give it a listen, hear Manly P. Hall, lecture you a little bit in a song. And, Dude, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Dude, and plus, I'll have, a, I'll have a good microphone soon, so I would love to lay down some uh, bagpipes on something. Hit me up, buddy. Let me know if there's uh, – because, you know, we're very, we're very diverse. You're not going to pin us down to any genre, so – I feel like, you know, we could definitely have a few sections in our next album with some uh, bagpipes, some, some folksy sounding shit. Yeah, I'd just love remember, if it's in a major key, it has to be one, four, five or one, five, four. If it's in a minor key, like one, seven, one and seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Keep it so I, I can play I can play bagpipes in D major, G major, E minor uh, or A minor, but I can't play in c or you know b major. oh we got you yeah, yeah. We, we we can do one in like a minor or something Should a we, minor we have a... dude i will fuck the shit out of any track in a minor i will fuck it we <laughs> we have a seven string guitar and we actually oh, play in drum oh. so uh yeah so that's yeah. usually yeah let me fuck the shit out of that i will do that let, on the bagpipes. all right all right Yes. Yeah. Have sex with my music, please, with your bagpipes. I'm not gonna have sex with. It. I'm gonna fuck it. Fuck it. Okay. Fuck out. my music. Please. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm like. We're talking crans, rolls, trills, like, you know. Yes. Double stops. Like All hardcore, it, hardcore illin pipe shit. 
Hell yeah. yeah. That sounds dude, great. Dude, I can cran like a motherfucker. If you haven't heard me cran, I'll cran. Cran. Do it. Yeah, it's 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 only it's a musical technique only possible on one instrument on, in the world because there's only one instrument where you can completely stop the airflow while producing sound, and that's the Illin pipes. Mmm, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to do that, man. Yeah. I can work with you know if you get a good if you get a you know good tracking or you know do do your thing. I can. Uh, I can produce it on my end. I can send send it to you before I release it to, you know. You should you just send me you should just send me a beat and I'll do something in A minor and then we'll both like do some vibrations over top and a little Nokian. Yes. Hell yeah. That'd be dope as hell, man. I'll be in touch about that. Let's do it. Brother, really good oh, yeah. to talk to you, man. Um you as well, buddy. Go study up, pass that Theorcus test. I will definitely be doing that. Hopefully next time you talk to me, I will be a crybaby ass practicus. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to come visit you in Alabama, son. We're going to play some Leonard Please. Skinner by a band oh, called yeah. Leonard Skinner. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, my God. Come to my, come to my sweet home out here, dude. Sweet home, Alabama. <laughs> That's, I, went, I went porn. I went full porn. Sorry. You did. I'm here to fix the plumbing. God damn it. All right. You pretty son of a bitch, Charles Hadley, everybody. Give him a round of applause. Thank you, everyone. Everybody, go listen to his band, The New Path. No, The Ecstatic Path. No, The Gray Path. Gray Path. Gray Path. Gray Path. Spelt as gray in the path. middle pillar, the gray path. Oh my god, I, I can't. You can't say middle pillar at the end of a podcast because I have things to say about the middle pillar. There's, there's Uh-oh. things that needs to be said. Okay, anyway, you get the continued. reference there, right? I know what you're talking about, man. Come on, yeah. I just like, oh, yeah. I just, I spent the last two weeks rereading all of the cipher manuscripts in three different versions. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. I have a lot to say about the cipher manuscripts. To be continued. We have a lot to, yes, to be continued, my good friend. Well, yeah. thanks for having me. I'll on, be back. Buddy. It's a pleasure as always. I'll be back Thursday with Joshua Gadbois. I mean, Rufus Opus. Yeah, this is Charlie Hadley coming live from Alabama, son. Alabama. Woo! He's just a pretty son of a bitch. <laughs> boy, boy <laughs> well, I tell you what. I tell you what, boy. It's been All a pleasure right. being on here, man. I've had a blast. It's magic without fears, not tears, bitch. All right, say hi to your proctor for me. Tell tell her to call me. All right, will do. And you never, you know, uh, what, dude? I need to talk to Daniel. I've been dodging his calls. Okay, I need to call your, I need to call your order heads. I don't know what they want from me. I have nothing to give, but they want things anyway. <laughs> they all, everyone you. wants something. Everyone here wants me, but me. That's a Jeff Buckley song. Oh my gosh! It is. Jeff Buckley's the best. Have I'm you never listened go. to Jeff Buckley? No, I have no idea who Jeff Buckley is. You better is. go. Oh, if you don't go listen to Grace, the album Grace, to, I'm going to call you okay. in an hour on your phone. <laughs> okay. okay. And if not, I'm going to stalk your family. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, you got to go listen to Jeff Buckley's album Grace right now. Smoke a J, 
listen to Jeff Buckley's album Grace for the next hour. And so, when I talk to you, you'll be an adept from listening to that album. Hello? Hey, hey. Oh, hey. Just uh, making sure you're still there. Yes. Go listen to Jeff Buckley's album Grace. Okay. Right now. I swear to God, put the whole album on. I swear to God, you you need to do this, or you're you're not human. I really will, my man. I'll check it when yeah, I run. Yeah, no, right go inside. put it on right now, like, and Mojo Pin. If Mojo Pin doesn't make you come in your pants, I don't know why we're even talking. <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind. Okay, Jeff Buckley, Grace. Jeff Buckley, Grace. Gotcha. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay, love you, dude. <laughs> love you, bro. Peace out, man. 770. Bye. Bye. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk and as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now, hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk.